Welcome back to your Valley Sports Plug. I'm Chris Patrick. That's Michael Benjamin. It is Thursday, December 14th, and this is our last the last roundtable of the year. So you know we had to do it big. Got a lot of great guests here this evening. We're going to be breaking down the top sports moments of 2023 in the form of a bracket. So we're going to go around the horn. We're going to discuss it. We're going to vote on which one we think will advance to the next round, all to decide the very best sports moment of 2023. Mike, are you ready to do this? Man, I'm ready. There were a lot of awesome moments that happened this year. Some crazy ones. Some controversial ones, but I'm really excited to let these guys in so we can chat it out and figure out what was the top moment. So, Chris, I'm chomping at the bit, man. Let's get going. All right, let's go ahead and get right into it. Introducing first a resident on the round tables and a Valley Sports Plug contributor. We got Ian joining us this evening, and he is at Dead Boy Donut on Instagram. What's up, Ian? Yo, how you doing, boys? Doing great, man. How are you, Ian? I know we got a couple of baseball topics that might get heated, so I'm glad you're here tonight. We'll see, man. We'll see. I am I came to bring the pain, as, as Method Man would say. That's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. Man, that game last night, your Nets, man. Dude, so so good. I'm, I'm thinking about it more often, and, and I feel like I predicted it a little bit because I was saying, like, they can beat any team, and they play, like, a very team-based style where they have multiple – ways of of attacking the rim and and getting everybody to score and i think like six nets and ended up finishing in double digits so i had a great time i hope you guys did too (laughs) it was a game it was a game basketball was played (laughs) hey it was fun to see the big threes debut i'll give you that but there's a lot of kinks to work out for the suns but i'm sure we'll get into that later yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not keep these guys waiting too much longer. Um, we got to bring back, of course, our resident Dodgers fan and expert. You know him. You love him. Raymond joining us this evening. Otani's number one fan. Raymond, did you watch that press conference today? Uh-oh. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> All right, we might have to come back to Raymond. All right, then we'll go next to another a newer addition to the roundtable and the Valley Sports Plug family, but fastly and quickly becoming a favorite. We got Nico Woodruff joining us. It's Neeks on Instagram. What up, guys? Glad to be here as always. Very glad to have you, man. Uh, got a lot to talk about and excited to get into it. Um, you uh, you have been on before. Ian's been on before, but we have a new addition to the roundtable and to the Valley Sports Plug family. Might look familiar, but it's not who you think. Introducing for the very first time, MRT Junior, Tallman Two. What's up? What's <laughs> up, boys? <laughs> I'm back. No, I'm kidding. No, what's up, guys? Uh, super excited. I'm kind of watching this Raiders game right now. My mind's a little blown. Little. Blown. What's going on? What's the score? I'm. I'm. Thirty-five. Nothing. Are there yeah. in front? Yes, sir. Oh my god! I, I'm pretty sure it was thirty-five. Uh, yeah, it's commercials right now, but yeah, no, excited to uh, break down some 2023 moments with you boys, uh, kind of let you guys know where I'm at with my sports and all that stuff. So uh, excited to get to it and see what we all uh, could disagree and or agree on, hopefully. <laughs> oh, definitely. I expect uh, there to be some good conversation, some healthy debate, and I think we might have got Raymond back on the line here. Let's see. Raymond, what's going on, man? Testing one, two, Raymond. One, two, three. There he is. Yeah. What's up, boys? 
I, we, we might have been doing better before you came on because you're Otani's number one fan, but we'll, we'll let that one slide tonight, man. What's going on? Well, What's going well, down? We'll, t- we'll talk more about that later. Let's uh, let's get into the meat of this. I'm excited for this. Are you going to switch teams if Otani opts out? <laughs> I hope so. Depends on what the team is. If it's the if it's the Bay Area team, absolutely not. I'm retiring my baseball fandom, and I will become a cricket fan instead. All right, sounds good. You can keep your title then. (laughs) (laughs) We're definitely going to have to get into that and so much more. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this bracket. Mike, if you would pull that up, please. This gorgeous bracket that you made, sent out to all of us to look at and now are presenting here. As you can see, we got some first round buys for some of these categories. We got LeBron, all-time scoring leader. FSU 13 and 0 not getting selected for the for the playoffs here. Of course, the run of Coach Prime in Colorado and then uh, the swift decline. But Coach Prime was uh, what was it? Sports Illustrated's Player of the Year. On the other side, uh, another buy we have Otani and his brand spanking new 700 million dollar contract, which includes uh, 680 of that being deferred. Uh, so we'll definitely want to get into that. Uh, the Pac-12 disbanding and a whole lot of conference realignment going on. It was a crazy uh, year for college football, and uh, I think it's going to be even crazier the next couple of years. Uh, and then, of course, lastly, with the with the bye, we have Messi joining the MLS in a historic move. I had heard rumblings about it, but didn't see it coming. That is just absolutely massive, and there's plenty to talk about there with how he could grow the sport here stateside. But let's get more into this bracket here uh, to to keep things rolling, we got the Lakers win their first NBA Cup going up against the Nuggets NBA Finals Championship. The Mavericks tanked to miss the playoffs. Kevin Durant was traded to the Suns. Jordan Poole, just everything going on with him. Uh, saw him be moved from the Warriors to the Wizards. The John Moran gun incidents. Uh, the Chiefs Super Bowl. What is, is that, Mike? Is that 52? My Roman, or no, 57? Are my Roman numerals bad? That's got to be it, right? That sounds right. Anyway, going up against Patrick Mahomes crying. Is that the incident that happened just this last week? Against the Bills, yes. Against the Bills? All right, perfect. Baby Mahomes. Love it. A uh, little uh, local action here. The Cardinals hiring John Gannon and firing Cliff Kingsbury. I guess that would go in the other order, firing and then hiring. Um, but that's going to go head-to-head with the first-ever NFL report cards. And the, the Cardinals didn't do so hot on those report cards, if I'm remembering correctly. Bouncing over to the other side, Juan Soto recently being traded to the New York Yankees to go up against Japan, winning the World Baseball Classic. Jose Ramirez knocking out Tim Anderson is going to go up against Corbin Carroll, Rookie of the Year, and his records this last season. I have a feeling how that vote might go. Uh, we have Domingo Herman's perfect game that he pitched this year. Uh, it was right after a historically bad performance, I do believe, so that juxtaposition is pretty spectacular. I know Ian's definitely going to have something to say about that. And that's going to go up against the Diamondbacks World Series run, which we all witnessed not that long ago. Um, And lastly, University of Nebraska Volleyball. They had a huge game inside of their football stadium. Uh, And F1 returns to Vegas since 82 for the first time. Joey Chestnut won his 16th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And CM Punk returns to the WWE after he had a bit of a rocky exit uh, from the organization. And a lot of things were said. I expect Nico's going to have some uh, strong thoughts on that one. But boys, let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going to bounce around, but uh, keep it structured. So we're going round by round. So we'll just start up in the top left. The Lakers win the NBA Cup. And uh, that was on November. I'm sorry. 
December 9th, 2023, they won the inaugural NBA in-season tournament. LeBron James received the NBA tournament MVP award. Uh, this year, also, the Nuggets won the NBA championship. Excuse me, where is losing my notes here? Okay, yeah, they beat the Miami Heat four games to one. It was the first title in their franchise history, and Nikola Jokic received the finals MVP. So, guys, what, what do you think? Who's going to take this one? I mean, as much as I like to to like to see, you know, Le- I, I'm a I'm not a LeBron fan. I like LeBron as a person. I think he's a like a great dad and everything. I think it was a little pathetic to see him doing the whole champagne thing and being like, "Oh, you guys never done this," blah, like that. <laughs> I, I, it's it's cool, and it's everybody's like, "Well, Michael never did it," blah blah blah. It's like, okay, so like that. But <laughs> I think I think th- that's great. But I think. The Nuggets winning that, I think it solidifies Joker is what it does. And it kind of is like, all right, it really put him on like the map for everybody to be like, he might be the greatest basketball player playing right now. So that's where I stand with it. I would definitely probably lean more Nuggets just for what it means for Joker's legacy. And then just for the Denver Nuggets themselves as a franchise. Yeah, I'll piggyback on that. Uh, I, I think, I think, uh, LeBron, I, there's a video of LeBron spraying champagne, and it's like him spraying champagne on nobody in the locker room. And then there's like other guys like off to the side, like kind of just standing there, like what is this old man doing? Uh, I love LeBron, one of my favorite players ever. But like without the Nuggets winning the NBA Finals, we don't get offseason Jokic. You don't get these pictures of Aaron Gordon and Jokic at like some <laughs> Eastern European like horse racing track. You don't get this glorious, like, what, a parade? Like, these quotes that we got from Jokic afterwards. And anytime, because we are, like, as a Suns fan, but we don't have a championship. We don't have a world championship hanging in that in that arena. Anytime you, you as a franchise, win your first, I think that supersedes any uh, LeBron-made tournament in season. <laughs> I agree as well. I I. My my thing is, if you take the names off of this rung of the bracket and just have it say first NBA Cup and finals champs, you're asking me, would I care about the in-season tournament that, that just started versus last year's finals? And the answer is hell no. Like, I'm not there yet. Like, it, it was cool. It was fun, the in-season tournament. But a championship is always going to mean more. But you're saying that it doesn't equal the same because aren't the Lakers putting up a banner? Come on, come on, Ian. It's got to be number eighteen, baby. <laughs> the court. I the mean, I would say that uh, seeing Jokic in the clubs dancing like a damn fool was just gold, and it made everything worth it. But uh, I don't know, fellas. I might be leaning towards the first NBA Cup one just because it's the first one in NBA history. Uh, it, it can go either way. First time you have an actual win-or-go-home type of tournament in the NBA. I, I enjoyed it. I, I love what we were doing our recap the other day. The last comment that Chris said was, and just how the NBA scripted it, the, the Lakers win the right. very first one. So, mm. uh, But... I don't know. I think I might be leaning that way, but you guys are coercing me pretty good. So, you think they're going to name the trophy after him? I kind of do. I hope so. Uh, hey, that would be that'd be pretty cool. That that'd be something cool to do for him, as far as doing that. But 
what, at like this the, age, the LeBron James NBA Cup is that what we're saying? <laughs> <It's something. laughs> yeah. The they LBJ. should name it after that ref that uh, called the timeout uh, in the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no that's why. Uh, that's why I'm uh, lending towards believing the scripted rumors. But I'm. That's a whole different conversation. I, I guess I'll jump in here with my quick, my quick two cents. I think you guys just nailed it. Like, time will tell how big the NBA Cup becomes and how much it means and what incentives they figure out in the future. But in the here and now, it, it really doesn't mean anything. Like, it just got the players some more money. And like, is a Lakers fan genuinely going to go around bragging about their NBA Cup? I, I maybe, yeah. Lakers, <laughs> Lakers fan probably. Would. I was going to say we got one. You might as well ask him. <laughs> yeah what is Raymond what do you think um yeah I mean this is obviously isn't a hot take by any means but I'm gonna lean towards the NBA finals I mean seeing any franchise win their first you know that's always super exciting you get a really fun offseason Jokic is a fucking hilarious guy like seeing him not give a damn about the finals but play so well is one of the coolest things ever um I think to your guys' point, it's to be seen what the in-season tournament is going to look like five, ten years down the road. As a, I think as a basketball fan, it's a cool thing to see that the players bought in. You know, they actually cared, tried, played until the final buzzer. Um, but until the NBA Cup has, I guess, the same weight or somewhat of a weight as an NBA Finals, I, I have to give it to the Nuggets on this one. That seems to be the consensus. Mike, I felt like you were a little bit waffling there. Did you uh, land on the Nuggets side? Uh, just so I'm not with all of y'all, I'll go with the Lakers. Oh, Does that mean we got to call, call for this vote, Chris? Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess everyone needs to submit their official vote. We'll just go right down this list here with the with the six of us. So first, I guess I'll start it off. The uh, Nuggets winning the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history was more of a better 2023 sports moment for me. Okay, okay. I'll take the Lakers just to go opposed to you, Chris. How does that sound? Give me the <laughs> Lakers. Build the suspense. You know, it's one to one now. All right. Yeah, I'm going Nuggets. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Honestly, I thought the tournament was really successful, but I got to go Nuggets. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think the tournament was a lot of fun. It definitely created to see, especially LeBron at his age, take it, you know, that serious. And we could have totally just sat back. Definitely cool. But uh, yeah, I think just the nuggets and everything and seeing Jokic do all his stupid ass stuff was amazing. So definitely, definitely going to go with the nuggets. Well, I think we have the uh, decider, but uh, Raymond, are you gonna as well say that uh, it was the Nuggets? Or you can you can say Lakers now, and it won't matter. <laughs> no, I'll I'll, I'll I'll stand pat. I think the tournament succeeded in what it wanted to do, but an NBA championship is still ultimately what everybody wants to go after. So I'm gonna hold my vote. Raymond, I was trying to be on your side for once, man. Now I'm going oh, no. against you the rest of the time. Oh no, no, no. Thing, wait, so. wait until we get to wait That's... wait until we get to Otani. I'm gonna I, I, you guys are gonna have to censor me, <laughs> kick me out of the chat. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So that's the first pick of the day. Um, if there is an event where we have a, a tie, you know, three to three, we're going to have a little coin flip generator. And that's just that's just going to be how it is. Or maybe in the chat, maybe the chat can help us decide. Those of you who are watching along, we'll, we'll 
we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but let's keep it pushing. We're going to hop over to the other side of the bracket now and uh, Juan Soto being traded to the New York Yankees on December 6th. Uh, so just a, a couple weeks ago. And uh, that was along with Trent Grisham for Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, and Kyle Higashioka. Did I pronounce that right, Ian? You sure did. Hell yeah. And that's going head-to-head -head against Japan, winning the World Baseball Classic. That happened this last summer, I believe. Um, and uh, they beat the United States. And I think uh, Japan has won the most World Baseball Classics, if I'm not mistaken. So good good little baseball matchup here. That uh, Soto trade, <laughs> going to have to see how that happens. Nothing's been proven yet, but he's going to be paired up with uh, Aaron Judge, and that kind of scares me a bit. All right, so who's um, – I'll, I'll take this, I guess. I mean, uh, not not everybody at once. I mean, right? good <laughs> night, fellas. What happened to the show prep? I mean – Everybody yeah, falls I, flat immediately. I, Unbelievable. All right, so, you know, I'm biased, obviously. I, I feel like you may expect me to say the Juan Soto trade. But the way I'm approaching this, this bracket, I'm starting to think, like, what am I going to remember? And, you know, what's going to stick with me as a memory as a sports fan and when I see the Soto trade, I think that that is going to make memories in the future. But right here, right now, I'm not going to think about the trade a lot in five years. I'm going to think about Juan Soto and his tenure with the Yankees. And when I look at Japan winning the World Baseball Classic, the first thing that comes to mind and what's going to stick with me forever is Otani striking out Mike Trout. So that is an easy pick for me. Yes, sir. Yeah, Ian, I think if you're looking back on that trade like 10 years from now, that means that Soto flopped and those prospects prospered, and that's not what you want as a Yankees fan. Um, I, I, I think uh, Japan winning the World Baseball Classic, just because the World Baseball Classic is still so new, it's still like very fresh. Like, I don't know, something about the two teammates, the best, the best like baseball player on the planet versus, well, the best baseball player on the planet. Like, you know, I, it was, it was, I, that was way more, more memorable to me than the trade. I do agree. I think that the Soto trade will make memories for Yankees fans and maybe nightmares for, for other teams. But um, I think Japan winning has got to, got to go, got to take it. Okay. I, I would say I agree with that. Just kind of like what, kind of what I was saying, where like Juan Soto, it's new, it's fresh. We'll have to see. It is scary, but the World Baseball Classic is just going to keep growing and growing, and that's something that's not going anywhere. Uh, I think Japan having such a strong presence in the MLB now is is pretty incredible, and I think we're going to see a lot of talent coming over here, especially when you're seeing Otani. And, uh, who, Ian, who's the other guy that's about to get a big, massive Yamamoto. contract? Yeah, Yamamoto. Yeah. So. No, I... I... I think Juan Soto is definitely a solid player. I think I am so accustomed to the Yankees making these like big splash plays where they get like just these name brand players where you're like, okay, like that's the Yankee way. So like for me, that, that's, ex I think he's going to do great. I think uh, like Ian said, it's definitely going to come down to like, how does he do in that five years? Like coming up to it, great stats, great player. Um, but I think Japan, it, it kind of opened the door for Yamamoto too, because he was Otani's teammate on Japan and they won a world baseball classic together. Now he's coming over to the major league. So it's like, 
the Dodgers doing what they did. I know we'll talk about that later, but doing what they did and how they structured it, it opened the door for that. So it's kind of like, I think Japan winning kind of started that whole avalanche to where we're seeing all these great Japanese players that can just pretty much come in and almost rule the major leagues. So uh, I'm definitely going to go with Japan just for what it creates within the culture of Japanese baseball because it's huge over there. But uh, And then definitely just with Yamamoto and Otani and that whole craziness that's probably going to occur here soon. Seems to be leaning pretty heavy towards the World Baseball Classic. Mike, are you going to be the the different voice here again? No, this one's easy for me. Down with the Yankees. Anything going (laughs) up against the Yankees, I'm picking that over it. So Japan, World Baseball Classic, that's my pick. Easy one. But did anybody go to any of the World Baseball Classic games that were here this year? That would have been fun. That yeah. ticket price was crazy. I was, I was going to say, say, I wanted to, but those ticket prices, man. Holy. I wanted USA versus Mexico. I think that was in our, our group, if I remember sure, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think, that yeah. would have been sick. I think it was a sellout from what I remember. I think Tallman was saying that. It was, The other yeah. Tallman. <laughs> it, it kind of feels like the World Baseball Classic was just Shohei Otani being like, look at my friends. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> they can also play baseball. That Japanese like, team was like the dream team for baseball. It was yeah, with, they yeah. were stacked as hell. It was like a it was like a little league world series team. They would just mop in the floor with everybody. Yeah, oh, that's wild. crazy. I would have liked to have seen a better showing from the the USA team, especially because it wasn't like it was the star players, right? Like I'm pretty sure this was like the MLB encouraged hey, the Trey stars Turner to play. Balled out though. <laughs> Trey Turner yeah. was playing really good for was it, remember, yeah. but... was it Merrill a starter on that team? Yeah, Merrill was really good on that team too, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Was Kershaw was like on, that, on that team, or am I making that up? Pitch because of his insurance. I actually don't know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they uh, had like some insurance clause or whatever, so he was basically denied from playing in the World Baseball Classic. That's what I remember. Yep. Damn. Okay. That's, That's a bummer. That is kind of tough for him too, because. I mean, when it comes around again, is he gonna still be pitching no. or be, be who is, at uh, that high level? Who was the pitcher that uh, tore his ulnar, like tore his elbow up or something in the World oh, Baseball? Club, like, the, oh, <laughs> no, it was, exactly. I have Tommy John surgery. I know. Uh, that's like, that's wasn't that awesome. the Mets closer? Yeah, who I thought it was yeah. the ACL? Was that no? Wasn't it the trumpet dude? Yeah, Edwin Diaz. Yeah. Oh, Edwin Diaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. I mean. It's one of those things where, like, it's almost like the in-season basketball, like, tournament thingy. So it's like, how much does it really mean when you're trying to make a living? So it's like, Yeah. All right. Well, so I think we call – I think some people were chiming in there. So our official vote, I'm going Japan winning the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. That's unanimous. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's All right. Give me Shohei and his friends. (laughs) <laughs> show show hey in the game dude <laughs> i love it all right well then let's jump back to the other side in the bottom lower left portion of the bracket and we got the chiefs super bowl 57 champs uh going up against patrick mahomes crying like a baby after losing to the bills um that was uh that super bowl championship was on february 12th here at home in state farm stadium it was 38 to 35 the chiefs winning over the eagles in spectacular fashion funny enough i guess uh patrick mahomes was the super bowl mvp so we're going to compare that with uh like i said that bills game 
where Kadarius Tony was called offsides and had a touchdown called back. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was not too thrilled about that. Got a lot of blowback in the media and from fans all around the world. Kind of disappointed in his actions there. So um, as far as sports moments go, I think it's funny, the Patrick Mahomes crying thing. Um, but that that, super, that was a good Super Bowl. There have been some boring Super Bowls, but that one was actually pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Well, let's not forget that Super Bowl was the Kelsey Bowl, too. You had Jason and Travis. And I think oh, – yeah. They said that the Kelsey's mom, um, like game worn, sh- uh, sh- game worn, like the shoes <laughs> she w- she wore to the game, are in the Hall of Fame because she's the first mom to have two brothers play. That's why or two boys play in not in in the Super Bowl. Um, I love Patrick Mahomes snapping because I feel like th- it's like watching that like uber good boy just break, like all the pressure. Every he he's had to be. Perfect. He's had to be Mr. State Farm. He's had to be, you know, your your kid's favorite player. And then all of a sudden, like, what sets him off? Kadarius Tony's foot on the line on a call that, <laughs> like, maybe doesn't really get called in any other game. But like, it, he's is it's a great moment. It's got to be the Chiefs. I just think it's so funny to watch Patrick finally just yell obscenities at somebody because you know it's been pent up there for years. And Kadarius Tony, God love him, but man, everywhere he goes, he just figures out how to lose in weird ways. <laughs> I gotta agree with that. I, um, for me, seeing Mahomes crying in that fashion, <clears throat> I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit of a hater. It <laughs> just, it, it just feels like the world came crumbling down in that moment for the Chiefs. You know, they were kind of that, like that powerhouse for a while. Very, very much reminds me of like a Golden State Warriors, right? Maybe not necessarily the amount of rings, but to just see like, you know, I don't know, Jordan Poole throwing up a three-pointer, losing the game, Steph Curry throwing a mouth guard at a referee, losing his shit. Like, that's what that felt like to me, seeing my homes on the sidelines, just losing his shit. So my vote is for that. I know I'm kind of going against my whole championships are kind of important, but seeing my homes lose his shit. And then all the edits, I don't know if you guys have seen them, the Kermit the Frog. Patrick Mahomes edits. Look them up. They're the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> yes. You're yes. going to die laughing. They're amazing. So that's my vote. So if you're one of Patrick's teammates, do you go, oh, he does have a do- that dog in him? Like if you're like one of those newer guys that hasn't seen him blow up like that and then you see him unleash on the on the sidelines, do you, is that like when your coach used to yell at referees when you were playing you know, high school ball or whatever, you kind of get all jacked up about that and about to ride for your dude? I don't know. I think it's. I'd like to see Kyler do it. I mean, I saw him do it to fucking Cliff, so that was cool. But yeah, I was like, gonna say instead of yelling at your own teammates yeah. or coach. No, but uh, I, I, I think it's funny. It's like it's one of those stories where it's like, oh, how the mighty have fallen, and how you just you wore that little that little facade and that mask for only so long, and like he's like. And Nico said it, it takes what Kadarius Tony to be <laughs> pretty clearly offside when you look at it to completely crush America's sweetheart. Like, I think it was Mahomes is just sick of listening to his wife complain that Taylor Swift's at all these games and she's getting all the publicity and he finally just snapped. But uh, I wish they showed like him actually like yelling at the ref. I wanted to see the ref like, I bet you he was smirking. Like, I wish he was. But uh, the Chiefs Super Bowl was cool. It, it was. Honestly, I think if you look at the stats, it, it definitely was like the Kelsey Bowl. I don't know how many Campbell's soup commercials I saw 
but uh, the beefy <laughs> they definitely rode the mom train but uh yeah it, it was it was cool to see Mahomes finally just just lose it it's like I've, I've i knew it dude i knew it it's like i watched that damn quarterback thing it's like i was waiting for you to do something so no it, it was cool to see that so i might go go with the mahomes thing just to just to kind of put it to him like yeah there see i told you <laughs> you can only be good for so long yeah and i think a I think a big thing in regard to probably what caused him to snap as well is just the chiefs are kind of on the ropes right now you know denver's on their heels they were just on a what five game winning streak. Chiefs are only up by one game right now, and it's going to be tough to really close this one out. And they just haven't been the same team this year. My favorite thing though was him going on the you know the press stand and standing in front of everybody and saying, "How dare you take away that Hall of Fame moment from Travis Kelsey to tarnish his legacy?" It's like, it's like okay. Those- those are the things you got to be careful about what you say before you look back at the tape because I don't care if you, it doesn't get called at some points. It got called. Kadarius Tony was absolutely over the line on that play. So it's just kind of like, oh, it's crazy to see him snap like that. And Raymond, I have seen those Kermit the Frog, <laughs> those gifts and those uh, like they're people so, they're so talking hilarious. over it. It's like him, him yelling at the referees and it's like, I can't believe you made that call. <laughs> but it's good. All right. Unless anybody else has anything to add, are we ready to vote on this one? Let's do it. I guess I'll I'll kick it off here then. Um, I'm definitely gonna go with uh, that Chiefs Super Bowl win. Okay. Um, I can't go with that one, Chris, because I lost a lot of money during that Super Bowl, <laughs> and uh, that one brings a lot of heartache to me so i'm going with patrick mahomes crying fair enough all right ian i didn't know about the patrick mahomes crying thing until you told me about it i'm really sorry for the shitty answer here but i did watch the super bowl and the super bowl is the super bowl so i'm going with the super bowl (laughs) uh uh, this is a tough one but i think i gotta go with patrick mahomes crying because that's like the first time we've seen something tug on superman's gate and uh I don't know. There was something, I'm not a hater, but something oddly satisfying about watching him scream at the ref and then get on the podium the next day and say, I saw the tape. I know he was offsides, but you don't call that call. Well, <laughs> you do when he's fucking offsides, Pat. Like, sorry. So uh, it's I'm like my home crying. The rules are the rules, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> at the it's end of the, the day, right? Fame, dude. Ridiculous. The Hall of yeah. Fame moment. Who do you think you are, LeBron James? Come on. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I think the Super Bowl was cool. Like I said, I, I think it was kind of like Jalen Hurts' real coming out party. Def- if I remember, he popped off that game. So had the Eagles won, he definitely would have been Super Bowl MVP for that. So uh, Mahomes, I think, didn't do the greatest. I mean, he did good statistically. I don't think his numbers like yardage was great. But to see Mahomes finally kind of just lose it a little bit and like nico said like to see superman kind of just get a little taste of like the kryptonite i was like okay dude like there it is like i want to see that so i'm definitely gonna go with the with the mahomes kind of just losing his cool for a little bit and it was really funny people were putting up that little snapchat filter with like the crying face with him at the <laughs> <laughs> it was great Probably i was like oh. crying it, dude it fit perfect it fit perfect it literally looked like he was crying because as he was talking he was like literally about to cry so i'm gonna go with mahomes 
Okay, wow. I think this is turning out to be closer than I expected. Raymond, what was it for you? Definitely Mahomes crying. <laughs> yes, let's go. So does that mean Mahomes crying is advancing here? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, triumphantly. Okay. All right, that's a, that's a good sports moment. Perfect. So let's go ahead and continue this first round right along. I'm going to jump to the bottom right corner of the bracket. Uh, we have the University of Nebraska Volleyball going up against uh, F1 returning to Las Vegas. On August 30th, 2023, Nebraska hosted Omaha in an indoor volleyball match. Uh, it was a record-setting attendance, 92,003, the largest crowd to watch a woman's sporting event in history. Uh, and that's going to go up against F1 returning to Las Vegas. The race was held on November 18th, 2023. Max Verstappen was the winner. I think I'm pronouncing that right. You um, are. Awesome. Awesome. It was the first time this race had been held since 1982. And I think it was the largest in Las Vegas Grand Prix history. They've signed a 10-year agreement and uh, we'll continue to see the F1 return to Vegas in the next over the next 10 years and maybe beyond. So I think this one's really interesting. Obviously, I don't think there's a huge national market for watching women's volleyball, but seeing them play on a in a football arena that was completely sold out was Kind of crazy. I like. Can you imagine sitting in like the very, very upper deck, trying to even understand what's going on on the on the court? But I don't know, guys. What do you think? I think that F one was kind of a flop, man. Like they got. I think they got like what two minutes, five minutes into the first trial run, and a manhole cover popped up and <laughs> caused like crazy damages. And they spent all this money building these like security walls so people couldn't see the race without ban. Yeah, people were still looking over the wall, anyways. Like I, I think that I mean it was it was cool. I was I was really excited for F one to come to Vegas because I thought it was going to be this. You get that whole Vegas spectacle, and they tried, but it was like somebody's drunk uncle tried. And it just didn't turn out great. Like it, it just it felt the bag felt fumbled. Um, anytime you get ninety thousand people watching anything at one given moment, like in in person, that's a massive deal. Uh, to be watching women's volleyball, and I might be biased, guys. I played volleyball in high school, so let me just start there. But um, to get 90, 90, 92,000 people watching like women's volleyball, I mean, that's that's international soccer stadium size crowds that's a crazy amount of people so um i don't know that's a tough one i think it's i think for me it's going to be nebraska though yeah i'll backpack on that i think it in concept was super cool to hear f1 coming to vegas but yeah i mean if the highlight of that entire weekend was that a manhole caused massive damage to a vehicle like I, you know and I'm, i might be I don't know what the other word for bias is because I'm not a big F1 guy, but that's all I ever heard. That's the only thing I heard. I didn't hear anything about who won, the competition, none of that kind of stuff. But 92,000 people for a volleyball game? That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Like, that's my vote right there. To your point, man, like, I couldn't imagine trying to be in the 300 section trying to watch a volleyball game. At that point, like, I'm either just, like, blackout drunk or <laughs> – I have binoculars because there's no other way. Or both. Binoculars are going to do yeah. enough. Yeah, a, 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 a telescope. I need a telescope. Yeah. 
he might be in the 400s instead of the 300s at 92,000. Well, I was going to say for that F1 race too, wasn't it like raining a good amount of time? Like the first yeah, couple the of days Yeah, the weather was too? not good. Yeah. So it just seemed like nothing cooperated with it, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's kind of what happened. I think it was just, I don't know, cursed, doomed, uh, like not meant to happen at all. Well, and like I talk about the appetite for women's college volleyball, but what's the appetite for F1 in the United States? Like aside from what at Lewis Hamilton, I couldn't have probably named another F1 driver. <laughs> it's it's growing. I mean, <laughs> that Netflix show did a did a yeah, drives five. Yeah, it really did a lot of. Dude, my parents are both like they wake up early to watch F1 races now. It's like the weirdest like life curve I've I've seen. Like. I don't know. It's I get, and it's all from that Netflix show. So, and I know a couple of people that are like, "Oh yeah, I watched that." Now I like am really into F one. So, I don't know. I think it's got some sort of following. I think it's about as as maybe niche as soccer, or, you know, something like that. But I've watched some of the summary things that they put on YouTube after races, and they're really cool. Um, I don't know why or what makes me give a shit about F one. But I, I do like it, so I'm actually going to go the other direction and say I, I, I'm i going with F1 returning to Vegas only because I do want to see it grow in America. It would be cool if they didn't do races at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. Uh, but for yeah. Vegas and Miami, I'm all there. I want to see more Grand Prix in in America. That's That's where I'm leaning. Well, yeah, and is there any other city that you could, you know, like the like cabinet city that you could do a race at one or two or three in the morning? I mean, I think that's. Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, people do that. It's not sanctioned, but they do. Yeah, it's like you'll find some races. Whatever, I promise you. Tracks just a big square. I don't even yeah, think right. they need to do anything like in a city, man. Like go out to like Coachella or some shit. Like find somewhere out in like the mountains of California and like make a track because I. I guess like the track that they made was according to the drivers was like a garbage track. It was like, it was like somebody like did a create a race track in a video game. Yeah. The city like did all the asphalt and stuff. So it's kind of yeah. like, uh, I'm yeah. fairly certain that Miami is on a closed track. No, dude, is Miami it? would be, yeah. I think Miami yeah. has a couple circuits out there like different, but, uh, I, I, I know volleyball has like a cult following. I know like high school and like club volleyball and stuff like is huge. So I know I, I could see definitely like, I mean, what the hell else is there to do in Nebraska? Like, let's be real. Like, you ain't give me like three dollars. <laughs> I'll do drugs, drink. go drink, and watch Nebraska volleyball at that point. <laughs> shit, that's not a great time. Oh shit, my dog's losing it. But it to piggyback off like what Ian kind of said, like it to see Formula One give like America a little respect and kind of feed that North American market. Like I enjoy formula one through, I think it's the strategy behind it. I think the, the excitement of it, the actual, like, I, I enjoy it so much more than what NASCAR has become. And what we kind of have here is like our American racing motorsport. So other than IndyCar, IndyCar is cool, but I, I want to see it grow. I want to see, I'm excited that they signed a 10 year deal. I want to see like, maybe they do some different stuff with the circuit. Maybe I think it was boring. Yes. I think the manhole was the excitement of the weekend, Yeah, but, uh, but I it, just the overall track, if you look at the track, it's definitely a boring track. Like the strip itself. like, I think they had a two mile, straight line on the strip so it's like it's a drs enabled zone so people are flying at 200 miles per hour which is absurd because that strip's terrifying to drive on i don't care how good the road is but uh 
Yeah, um, I just I want to see it grow, and I want to see maybe they they look at other places like a Miami, and we have something that's similar to like, like some of those big European races that are out there. So I, I I think the Formula One returning to Vegas was a really big deal for 2023, although it wasn't executed perfectly. I think they have a lot to build on. I think the thing that's missing from Formula One returning to Vegas, and really just just the the market that F1 has in America is an American driver. There isn't one. So once that's there, whenever that may happen, I think it'll pick up a lot more in America. We need a Ricky Bobby to step up and <laughs> for real take the F1 by storm. No, I, I'm glad you're over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you guys, uh, you know, kind of lean that way. Cause I was thinking that myself. Um, I thought it was really cool the way they incorporated that new MGM sphere. Uh, I think they had it as like a, Dude, a like, it was cool. showing like rankings and like when there was, they would light it up a color when there was like a pause in the race the safety or car. Uh, yeah. Safety, safety car. car. I was like, this is one of wild. Okay. Yeah. But I think just like the in-season tournament, like there's room to grow. There are things that they're going to tweak as the years go along. I imagine they'll probably, you know, look at all the things that went wrong or could have gone better and make those tweaks and changes for the next 10 years. Obviously they got a long time to figure it out. Uh, so I think just like the long-term nature of that and just like the big impact it had on, I mean, people were talking about F1 when they wouldn't otherwise have been because it was all over the news and the sports, you know, updates, all of us get those ESPN notifications. So I think as far as being a top 2023 sports moment, my vote would be for F1 returning to Vegas. So everyone would just want to go down and uh, lock in their vote here real quick. Yeah, you guys have definitely swayed me. I think I was more so focusing on the negatives from the actual net positive that come comes from F1 going back to Vegas. We got him, I Matt. Mean, 90K for <laughs> a, a volleyball game in general is wild, but we also have seen 90K at the big house in Michigan and, and other sporting events. So I know it's, it is awesome to see for volleyball as a sport, but yeah, I'm going to go with F1. Ian, you're up. Shit, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Everyone can see the screen, right? Like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I'm long day. Uh, I'm going F1 for sure. It's, it's. You, you, you both covered it perfectly. It's room to grow. All we need is that American driver, and I really do think it will take off. Uh, the, the American audience will grow. They just need someone to back that. You know, they can relate to. That's it. Um. Manhole cover be damned. That that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Nico, you, you holding Pat or you, you have you been swayed? Nah, man. I mean, so look, in all realness, I didn't even know the University of Nebraska thing happened until I saw the bracket this morning. And then I went <laughs> and then I went and looked up the pictures what? and shit. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's pretty cool. There but <laughs> but I gotta go. I mean, yeah, honestly, the idea of the growth of F1 and you guys, you guys kind of said it all already, but I think that that's probably where I'm going to land too. Um, it, it, it really allows another form of racing into America. And I think if people can really get latched on because it is, it is really easy to get like latched into. Um, it's got everything from excitement to drama, to drivers fighting each other to like, you know, crazy, like post-race pressers, like, it's got everything American fans love. So, yeah, I think the idea of the growth, even though it was not executed well, I think is the way to go. I think it's going to be F1 for me. 
All right. Well, F1 is yeah. going to win it. Matt, you want to yeah. just say? No, I mean, you guys already know I'm going to go with it. I think volleyball is cool and all. It's fun to play, drink a little bit, play some sand volleyball is a blast. <laughs> I do think the Nebraska volleyball thing, I know this might not be popular. I think it was a little bit of a publicity stunt. I think with everything going on with all the equal pay women's soccer, I think that's what it was. I have a daughter, so I'm all about it. I want women's <laughs> sports to be good. I want it to be awesome. So, But I think Formula One, yeah, I think it's just for the overall sport of American motorsports. I want to see it flourish here and I love formula one and I want to stop watching races at three in the freaking morning. Nuts. <laughs> like, you can say three in the fucking morning. That's I say fuck? Okay. Three in yeah, the fucking yeah, morning. Good. I don't know. I said fuck it, but yeah, no formula one. Yeah, no, but to, real quick to your point, I know we've gone really long on this one, but like as it, as far as it being a little bit gimmicky, uh, I think it was a record. 92,003 is what they said. And if I read the article correctly, the previous record was 92,000 even. So they broke it by like three, te- technically. Might have read the article wrong. It was with, it was with at least pretty close, but who the fuck are all these people watching volleyball? I, like, I, it's, it's I, Nebraska, I, dude. God there's damn. nothing else to watch out there. It's the only college sports. Any te- uh, entertainment you can get, right? Yeah. Raymond, <laughs> Raymond, finish us off here on this one, so we can keep it rolling. You going F one or Nebraska yeah. volleyball? You guys swayed me, man. I am I'm a sports fan through and throughout, so. I think, you know, this is kind of maybe spoiling a little bit my vote for, you know, the Messi to the MLS thing. But anytime we get a new, quote unquote, newer sport into the country and have an opportunity to make it grow, I got to start looking at the positive. So that man will be damned. I'll go with the I'll go with the F1 race. Chris, I think for the next couple of ones, we're going to have to go from the back up top. So Raymond's not getting the short end of the stick every time we call for a vote, man. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. I think that's how we got to do it. And, and for the sake of time, I think we should probably just, uh, you know, whenever you're done making your your point, let us know what your vote is and we'll lock it in there. Because uh, I know Ian had a long day. He's going to need some rest at some point. Oh, sorry. And, and, and at this pace, we're uh, we're uh, aiming for for eleven. So anyway, again, I'm jabbering over here. So we're gonna bounce back to the other side, back up top. The next one in this category is the Mavericks tanking to miss the playoffs. They were fined seventy. I'm sorry, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for conduct detrimental to the league, uh, for resting their starters who were healthy. Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, Josh Green, and Christian Wood all sat. Luka Doncic did play. They were having some like Slovenia night. Or something like that. And that's going to go head-to-head against Kevin Durant being traded to the Suns. Huge local story. Huge national story. That trade was on February 9th, 2023. It involved Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, and a 2028 first-round pick swap heading to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Kevin Durant and Tony Warren. The Suns did not win a championship that year, um, if anyone was wondering. Um but he's still here, and we got him for a while. So, which was the bigger sports moment in 2023? I'll start us off. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think what the Mavericks did was fucking hilarious, to be honest. Um, I think that just flat out just being like, nah, screw it. We're not even worth it. We're just going to tank. Call it a day. We're done. Um, I thought that was hilarious. But, no, I think my vote's going to be Kevin Durant to the Suns. I think um, – I think what that does is that it sets precedent that Phoenix and Arizona as a nutshell is actually a destination people want to go to, right? Like to have somebody of Kevin Durant's caliber saying, no, I actually want to go play in Phoenix, Arizona, like fuck Brooklyn. It's cold as shit. I want to actually go and like 
sweat all year long. Like, you know, I think that's really exciting. You know, I think it's, 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 uh, I think it'll be a little bit of a domino effect for the other sports. You know, hopefully we see some bigger players come into like the Diamondbacks, for example. So I think my vote's going to be, uh, Kevin Durant to the Suns. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off that. And I, I agree. Um, I think the Mavericks missing the playoffs to try and tank. I think it's hilarious. Um, and he, it makes me think of when Mark Cuban was driving around looking for DeAndre Jordan or whatever that was. I don't know if you guys remember that story, but just watching. Frantically asking for his number or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just the incompetence there is is so hilarious. And, and that's awesome. But uh, being a Nets fan, so looking at it from the other side – the Kevin Durant trade definitely hit me a lot more. It's something I'm going to remember for a while, and I'm going to keep remembering it because of the four unprotected firsts we got on top of the Twins. So I think back to the Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett trades and all the draft picks that we gave up that turned into uh, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, all just players that you know, we all missed out on like, what, what are, what are those draft picks going to turn into? It's something I'm going to keep thinking about like, Oh yeah, we drafted this player because of that Kevin Durant trade. Uh, Ronnie so, James. Maybe. I hope so. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Kevin Durant trade to the Suns for sure. Yeah. I think I'm going to do the same here. I think that the Mavericks is very LOL, but, uh, uh, it's got to be Kevin Durant, man. That's the anytime, anytime Kevin Durant gets traded, it's a big splash. I feel like it's it's news everywhere. Uh, somebody reposts that picture of him in the Players Tribune with the cutoff shirt with a different team's logo on it. Like, you know, I I think one one franchise mortgaged a future um, for a chip today. I think that's like anytime that that happens, that's a huge sports moment because it's a gamble. It's a gamble on that team that gave up the unprotected first and the twins. Um, you know, so did we win the championship that year? No, I think they only played together like what, eight games or something like that. in like the regular season, but I think you got, for me, it's got to definitely be Kevin Durant. No question. All right. I'm going to go unpopular opinion here. I think people aren't going to like me for it, but. I think Kevin Durant getting traded is kind of like the boy that cried wolf. Like it, it, we, we, we've seen like the big, tra- like I'm a huge Suns fan. Like I'm beyond fucking stoked that we have Kevin Durant and like what it does for our city and putting us on like Drake said, he's going to come chill here and watch his boy. Like it's just, it's so it's like people that don't even care about basketball know that Kevin Durant's playing for the Suns, So that's huge. But I think it is absolutely crazy that the Mavericks came out and broke the ultimate cardinal rule that all franchises never say. They'll never admit it, but for Jason Kidd to come out and say it was management. Management told me not to play them. Management said, that's fucking crazy. Like, what? What? You guys literally just threw away the entire integrity of a season. Everything. For what? What even came of it? I don't even know. What did they get out of that? What were they even tanking for? Is like I didn't. I don't care about the Dallas Mavericks really. I I'm pissed that we didn't get Luca. So that's a whole different story. But like, I think that's crazy. I think that that story was absolutely 
insane. I think they should have gotten a lot more. $750,000 for a franchise of that caliber is like us getting fined a, a 50, like five bucks. Like it's a, so for them to come out and say that, yeah, we, we tanked, we tanked and management told me to tank. I think that is, it blows my mind. So I'm definitely going to go with that being a huge sports moment and kind of just was like, well, we know you're doing it, but for somebody to say it crazy. I do like that. And I know we had to throw this one on here for our boy D Chris, who's a big Dallas Mavericks fan. Every once in a while, we just, we just got to rub it at him a little bit, but that was just such a shock. I mean, I'm right with you, Matt, but for, for me, my vote, it's going to be easy. It's with KD. It's, it was such a big, it was just a big dominating factor that went within what we were doing here at VSP for a long time too. I mean, a lot of the conversations were, is it going to happen? What kind of pieces would have to go? And then when it finally dropped, I'll say for myself, I don't think I was that surprised, especially when KD started going to management and basically was saying, it's like, it's me or them. And at that point, the relationship is kind of fractured. So at the end of the day, we're going to see how it all works out. Last night, it didn't work out. Unfortunately, the Twins got the win. But yeah, I'm going with KD on this one. Yeah, there's you got, you got to take the good with the bad. And uh, the big three just getting their first start, they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, Kevin Durant is going to be huge for this team, though. And, and putting him alongside Devin Booker, not only for the immediate benefit of having Kevin Durant kind of towards the end of his prime, entering his old old man days. But so being able to mentor Book, but also being productive probably for the next couple of years. There's, there's no overstating that. I think for me, I would say that getting Kevin Durant was probably the biggest thing. But the the Mavericks tanking was pretty wild. I mean, I can kind of understand wanting to get in on the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And if they had won, I guess they wouldn't have had a lottery pick. But if they lost, they would have the lottery pick. So Mark Cuban said, fuck it, 750000 is a small price to pay for a chance to get Victor Wembanyama on my team. I think he was perfectly okay with making that decision. Um, but guys, in hearing you talk, it sounds like we have settled on uh, Kevin Durant to the Suns being the winner with uh, one holdout. I would, I'm, I'm happy. Right? I'm happy. <laughs> I'm stoked that he's with us. So, but I just, I, it just blows my mind that a franchise would be like, yeah, screw it, whatever. Yep. Yep. No, that's fair. I'm right there with you. Uh, moving right along, we're going to hop back down to the bottom left here. We have the Cardinals hiring Jonathan Gannon. They fired Cliff Kingsbury after the 2022-2023 season. The Cardinals did tamper with Gannon and interviewed him during a period of impermissible conduct. Uh, The Eagles ended up swapping third-round picks with the Cardinals, and the Cardinals got the Eagles' fifth-round pick. That's kind of interesting. That's going up against the first-ever NFL player report cards. 1,300 players responded to a survey that was given out on all 32 teams. They were rated on treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, locker room and travel. The cards had one of the worst report cards in the league. Uh, Just some highlights for you. 31st in locker room, 32nd in weight room, 29th in treatment of families. Um, And there are only 32 teams in the league, folks. So, ooh, yikes. I do like those player report cards. I mean, for the local side of it, maybe that'll help the the Cardinals and Michael Bidwell actually invest some money in their team, uh, not charge their players for Gatorades in the offseason and silly shit like that. Um, but again, this is one of those ones where I think time will tell, uh, which one's really bigger because the, the John Gannon hiring right after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, a 40 year old head coach, not, not the youngest ever, but, uh, he, you could, you could call him a spring chicken, right, Mike? 
We'll call him a spring chicken. That's fine. It's his first time getting to really lead the helm for a team. We still have a grace period. We still understand what this team is about right now. And it's going to take a lot of moving pieces for this team to really just be a playoff contender when it comes down to that. But when I think about these two situations, I'm specifically thinking about how it fits within the Arizona Cardinals organization as a whole. I mean, yeah, you hire Jonathan Gannon. What was also a factor with that? You got rid of Cliff Kingsbury, who just wasn't ready to be a leader at an NFL level. But the the NFL playoff or the NFL player report cards too, guys, like the Cardinals have to continue to kind of tick up within that every year. And this first year is going to have to be faster. If you're going to try and get actual high profile free agents. I mean, that's what it comes down to because if people are still thinking, Hey, I'm going to have to pay extra to get uh, a pack of ramen and they're going to yell at my two kids. If they come in unattended, like, Nobody's going to want to come here. So it doesn't matter who you hired. I mean, you have to have strong leadership, but you have to also have enticing facilities and just a structure of a franchise for people to want to come and play here. So I honestly think I'm leaning more towards the NFL player report cards because I'm more interested to see how that kind of fleshes out within the next few years and where the Cardinals go from here, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I, team owners in any sport are billionaires. And when you have that much money, um, I think the first thing that anyone else under them should do is hold them accountable for anything. So to publicly say, hey, this is why no one wants to fucking play for you. Um, that's great. You know, it, it, it's calling them out. So so that's something that should be adopted in more sports. So I have to go with the report cards as well. Yeah, I... I want to say Gannon because it came with a culture change. Um, and I think that that's at least, or at least an attempt so far at a culture change. Um, I think that's something we greatly needed, but like, look, we all knew that Bidwell ran a trash dumpster where he was, you know, doing all sorts of cahoots and up to no good. And you're not allowed to go here and players don't walk by girls and, don't let your kids in the locker room. No wonder DeAndre Hopkins didn't want to come to practice, man. The dude probably had to pay to practice. Like, I don't know. They, you know, like they got a 99 cent fee to get your, your cleats out the locker. Like we're the cheapest organization in, 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 in the league. It's embarrassing. I, I, I don't, I don't, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the report cards. Just frustrated Cardinals fans. Sorry guys. No, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I work that day was not fun when those report cards came out because I got a lot of a lot of messages from people being like, "Do you, you see how how shitty the Cardinals are ran?" Blah blah blah. It's like, as a Cardinals fan, like Nico said, we know that we know Bidwell's not. I looked it up right now. His net worth is one point four billion. You want to know what Steve Ballmer's net worth is? One hundred and eleven point eight billion. So this. Owning sports teams is quickly becoming rich people's baseball cards. It is becoming, it's fun for them. Steve, you see Steve Ballmer out there, that dude's sweating like he's playing and he's having a goddamn blast. Michael Bidwell's like trying to make money is what it is. Michael Bidwell's trying to make money off the Cardinals. Whereas these other owners and these other 
it's not their, their it's like a tax write-off almost they're like all right cool whatever we're gonna get state-of-the-art equipment like it, it's embarrassing like that's a fucking joke and yeah you you wonder why we're getting practice squad players and we're using rookies and stuff and cliff kingsbury's throwing dump passes to rondell Moore. like i know exactly what's gonna happen like I'm happy he's gone, so that's good. But those report cards were terrible. Jonathan Gannon, stoked, absolutely excited. I think he actually brings Kyler Murray a real system, uh, a real offensive coordinator, a real head coach. It's not somebody trying to play head coach, trying to play offensive coordinator. I think that's great. I think it's going to really speak volumes to maybe where Kyler is going to be two, three years down the road with us. But those fucking report cards, dude are inexcusable and that shit if they do another one in two to three years that it needs to be like 17th 14th and 12th is what it needs to be yeah yeah they they absolutely got to show improvement there and uh i think it sounds like we're kind of leaning towards those report cards and i would i would tend to agree i think that's just like i was saying is huge for how the organizations are going to have to you know function going forward. And I think that's great. He's kind of saying that the billionaires are treating these sports teams like trading cards. Like it, it definitely, definitely seems like that. Um, did, did everyone get their vote in Raymond? Did you? My vote is report cards. Report cards. So Mike, it's report cards, that's right? Easy. All right. They're moving on. All right. Hell yeah. Well, let's keep moving on. Just like this bracket. going to jump back to the other side and baseball. We have Jose Ramirez knocking out Tim Anderson. This is on a play where uh, Jose Ramirez slid into second. They had some words earlier in the game, I believe. Anderson squared up, and Ramirez returned the gesture, then knocked out Tim Anderson. Literally, it seemed like unconscious to the ground. Uh, for the incident, Ramirez was suspended two games. Uh, and that's going up against Corbin Carroll, the hometown guy, winning Rookie of the Year and breaking some records. He was the unanimous NL Rookie of the Year, the first ever Diamondbacks player to win the award, and the Diamondbacks were the last team in the league to, to get a player to win this award. Uh, he was an all-star starter in his rookie year. He was the first rookie in history to record 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases and was the second youngest player in MLB history with at least three hits and two steals in a playoff game. Ian, trivia points, who is number one? Say that again. The youngest player in MLB history with at least three hits and two steals in a playoff game. Oh, shit. I have no idea. Oh, Derek Cheetah? The, the year was 1908, and the guy oh, was 21 God. years old. Shoeless <laughs> Joe Jackson. Was, who is Ty Cobb? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I am obviously just going to go right out and start this. I think I'll go, and then I'll pass it to Raymond, and we'll work our way back up. Um, I'm going to say that obviously Corbin Carroll and that resume after one year in the league, already having that kind of resume, the kid is just an absolute stud. Uh, the Jose Ramirez knocking out Tim Anderson. That was hilarious. Not going to lie. Uh, Tim Anderson has kind of had quite a fall from grace in my opinion, but yeah, I'm going to uh, Corbin Carroll, uh, roadie and, uh, records. Yeah. I mean, the, I don't know. The Ramirez Anderson thing is, I don't know. It doesn't. I don't think it holds a candle to what was it, Bautista and Odor a few years ago. I feel like that fight, that shit was crazy. Um, I don't know. Fun, cool. I mean, I grew up watching Yasiel Puig trying to fight an entire bullpen by himself. So, yeah, no, my vote's gonna be uh, Corbin Carroll, man. Holy hell, this dude is in line for MVPs, 
batting titles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This dude's going to be a problem for quite some time. So my vote's on Corbin Carroll for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with the uh, the Corbin Carroll. I think I think we've seen we've seen two great sports moments from a uh, punch at second base with an infamous bat flip and then and then a knockout. So it's it's cool to see some people fighting baseball. I'm all about fighting. I'm all about that. That's awesome. But to see the hometown kid to get typically as a sports fan for Arizona, we lose our our, our good players always leave. So to see a sign him long term and then for him to produce and do this it's 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 promising and it makes me really excited for for the future and for like management of the diamondbacks maybe finally they're not going to get you know do the paul goldschmidt thing where they just off people so uh I, i'm gonna go with corbin carroll rookie of the year the records i think i think the kid's got a really promising career and i'm excited to watch it i think it's yeah i mean look the reason we like jose ramirez and tim anderson because baseball players don't throw punches a lot. They just shove. And it's why we remember the Pedros and Don Zimmers. It's why we remember, you know, like you said, Bautista and Odor. It's because, like, there's physical contact being made, and that never happens. Um, it was a great swing. I thought it was hysterical. Popped him right on his goodnight button. Um, but, yeah, man, how do you not go with Cor- Corbin Carroll? Like, how, I mean, how do you, how do you not? He, set records and like and, and like you were saying it's we don't we don't ever get this as dimeback fans like we don't ever get the the like to be able to indulge in the fact that we have a long-term like possible star i mean looks pretty looks looks pretty possible probable and hopeful to me so uh i'm gonna go with corbin carroll uh you guys are gonna hate me i'm going with i'm going with the punch and I'm going to chalk it up to bad seeding because there's no disrespect at all to Corbin Carroll or his rookie of the year because that was amazing. But for me, the 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 highlight of the of the clip of the of Ramirez's punch is that as Ramirez gets up, they're they're chirping at each other. The ump steps in between the two of them, and while they're still chirping, they both agree to sidestep the ump and then start fighting like they're hockey players. Like there's, there, there's like a moment of, are we doing this? Yeah, we're doing this. And then they start fighting and then the punch is thrown and, and, and he knocks out Tim Anderson. And that's beautiful. I'm also going to say Corbin Carroll, all the respect in the world, his records were great. His rookie season was great. You're going to get this year after year from him. So that's why I don't mind saying when it comes to a 2023 top moment, it's going to be Ramirez knocking out Tim Anderson, whereas Corbin Carroll, great year. He's going to have more great years. I have to go with that punch. Uh, no, I get it, Ian. Uh, but this one is obviously easy for me. It's the great Corbino, first-time rookie of the year for this franchise. You make valid points, Ian. You make some very valid points, but I'm going to be a homer on this one, going with Corbin. All right. Well, that was easy. I figured that's how that would go. I'm going to be Corbin Carroll, Rookie of the Year and Records moving on. And guys, I promise you, we've done a couple brackets on our in-person podcast that we've done. Uh, Ian, I think you've checked that out before. Uh, it starts to move a little quicker as we move through the rounds. So don't worry. We're going to get there. Got got plenty of time left. So moving right along, we're going to jump down to the bottom miscellaneous bracket here. And we have Joey Chestnut winning his 16th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. 
That was on July 4th, 2023, and Chestnut consumed 62 hot dogs and buns to win his 16th title. The contest was nearly canceled due to thunderstorms, but started after a two-hour delay. Chestnut reportedly played a significant role in reversing a previously announced decision to cancel. And boy, my 4th of July would have just been ruined had a hot dog eating contest not taken place. Um, and that's going to go up against CM Punk returning to the WWE. That was on November 25th, 2023. He returned at the conclusion of the Survivor Series War Games in his native Chicago. This was his first WWE appearance since 2014. On December 11th, he signed with the Raw brand and officially announced his entry into the 2024 Royal Rumble. So it wasn't just a one-time appearance. Looks like he's back, Raymond. Uh, which is the bigger, uh, you know, 2023 moment? Is it Chestnut and his hot dogs or CM Punk back in the ring? Oh, man, this is tough. My inner child wants to say CM Punk, but I don't know, man. Uh, how many hot dogs did you say he ate? 60, 62 hot dogs and buns. I don't think I've eaten that in my life, dog. That's nuts. <laughs> I don't even know if I could do that uh, in a whole weekend. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm going to go CM Punk personally. Uh, my inner child was so happy seeing him come back and knowing that, he, to your point, right, he's, he's probably going to be sticking around for a little bit. I think that's going to be super dope. I remember seeing the highlights on Twitter, sorry, X, and it was, it was super cool to see. So I'll, I'll vote for CM Punk. It's going to be tough to go against Captain America and Joey Chestnut, but uh, man, those things are disgusting, dude. It was a blast watching it with my kids, though. My daughter literally dry heaved. She had no idea. <laughs> she had no idea. I was like, yeah, this is, they just eat hot dog, Nutella, anything. And then she's like, are they dunking it in the water? I was like, yeah, they're dunking it in the water. And that was it. That was game over. So I think it's, it's almost like, like dynasty it's beyond dynasty like it's every time you know what's gonna happen like you know you could already bet he's gonna win next year so 16 is cool i think that's a lot of hot dogs that's ridiculous i want to know what his poop looks like after because i don't think he poops right but uh i think <laughs> i think cm punk i think cm punk coming back after that long because in that for me like i feel like that brand like once you leave or like you kind of like step away from that industry like it's hard to get back in and like those fans are like pretty like it's a cult following so like i know how much that means for like some of these people and like raymond said for like the inner child in them to be like shit like this my super like he's back like there, there he is so it's like i know how much that means overall and like that's a big moment last time i saw cm punk he was trying to fight in mma so uh i'm i'm gonna go with cm punk returning to the wwe all right i think we all kind of know where i sit on this one but uh Look, no professional industry ever on this planet, except for one, can you punch your coworker in the face, hit him with a chair, all real backstage, by the way, leave that company and go to another company where they go, we'll take you. Come on down. Come on. You're totally fine. We don't care if you're like a locker room cancer or whatever. CM Punk draws eyes. No matter what, when he left AEW, there started to be murmurs. And let me tell you, me and my wife watched that Survivor Series pay-per-view and she was ugly crying on the couch because Randy Orton came back at Survivor Series. But that's overshadowed 
by CM Punk at the end of the night, even after they put the copyright sticker at the bottom of the screen, the music hits, the crowd goes nuts, they're screaming his name. And it's not just, you know, the first thing I said was, oh, we got to make sure this is real because he's a WWE alum. He can just show up, say, hi, everybody. I know it's Chicago and then leave for him to sign and like make this like a real deal. I think, yeah, Joey Chestnut's going to win these things, man. The dude's got a, a stomach the size of the Grand Canyon. He's just going to, he's going to shove dogs down his gullet until he's 80. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, it's impressive. He's, He's a maniac, and maybe we take that for granted because we've seen Kobayashi and all that stuff. But CM Punk coming back to the WWE after basically running amok inside of AEW's locker room, I think has got to take it for me. I know, I know, it probably won't last long in this bracket, but I got to go CM Punk. So, I'm a casual at best when it comes to both of these sports or events, or I, I don't know what you would call hot dog eating. But for me personally, and I'm, I'm going against the grain with what everybody else says once again, I don't like CM Punk. I didn't like it when I was a kid, and that's what I'm basing it off of. I think it was jarring as hell to see, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was my favorite wrestler, just slam cases of beer in his face every 30 seconds. And then this dude comes out, and he's all about being straight edge and drug free or whatever. It just felt like a really weird tonal shift, and it was just fucking odd. Uh, Joey Chestnut, I don't know how legitimate the hot dog eating contest stuff is, because he seems to just kill it every year for the last 15 years. But I'm I, I'm going with the hot dog eating thing. I, 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 I like Nathan's, you know, it's just been a bit of a point of a pride for me, point of, point of pride thing for me in New York. So... Yeah, it's the hot dogs. Go Joey Chestnut. Do they do the event? Is it out on Coney Island every year? Is that where it is? Yeah, it's where the original Nathan's is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Nico. I'm going with one of America's national treasures, Joey Chestnut, for a guy to finally take over Kobayashi as the just imperial powerhouse of hot dogs shoveling down your damn throat. That's the guy. Going with Joey Chestnut and a little bit to make it interesting because I got to see what Chris is going to pick here. Maybe we do a tie, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Okay. What is it? Is it three to two for uh, CM Punk right now? That's it. Okay. All right. So, you know, Joey Chestnut, uh, incredible. I think that event's lost a little bit of its luster since, uh, what is it, Kobayashi hasn't been allowed to participate. It is fun to actually have some competition because, like you guys said, like Chestnut just runs away with it. It's death, death taxes, Chris Paul not playing in the playoffs, and Joey Chestnut winning the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Those are all the things you can rely on. Love it. But that's an every year sports moment. So it's not like anything that really stands out. I have to agree with the, the fellas here, and especially Raymond. It really brings out my inner child. I absolutely love the WWE throughout elementary school and middle school. I went to several uh, live events and pay-per-views and had the T-shirts. I had a CM Punk T-shirt. I was walking around doing this all the time. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, CM Punk returning to the WWE for the first time in nearly a decade, especially considering how he went out, um, everything that Nico laid out there. So, Sorry, Mike. I think I might have let you down there, but it's going to be uh, CM Punk's return moving on. It's all good. Let's let's keep it rolling. 
All right, absolutely. So next we're going to hop back over to the basketball side and finish out that first round there. And we'll have John Morant's gun incidences uh, going up against Jordan Poole uh, in parentheses everything. Um, for Jordan Poole, it was July 6, 2023. He was traded to the Washington Wizards uh, in a deal that involved, I can't quite remember, so bear with me. Um, the the Everything kind of, I think I want Ian to kind of talk on this because he was the one who uh, kind of campaigned for it to get on the bracket here. But I, I know he had that walkaway three-pointer that he completely bricked. Uh, he tried to throw an alley-oop to Kyle Kuzma when they were down 20. Just a whole lot of shenanigans from Jordan Poole so far in Washington. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the John Morant gun incidences. incidences. Um, on March 4th, 2023, it was revealed that the NBA launched an investigation into an Instagram live video of Morant displaying a gun in a Colorado nightclub earlier that morning. Uh, for that, he received an eight-game suspension. On June 16th, three months after the first suspension, he was suspended once again for flashing a gun during another Instagram live session, uh, this time on his friend's account. He was suspended for 25 games, provided he fulfill a league-sponsored program. I think he's set to come back here pretty soon, so that that – uh, this season's going by fast, and Mer the Grizzlies could definitely, definitely use some John Morant right now. That's for sure. Uh, so as far as you know, the bigger 2023 sports moment, um, I guess Morant. So you got a couple moments there, kind of lumped into one. What are what are you guys thinking, Nico? I guess we'll toss it to you first, right? Yeah, I mean, the Jordan Poole thing is comedy, man. Um, everything. Even the Wizards getting Jordan Poole in the in the uh, offseason via the trade, they're thinking, oh, we got, you know, like a young up-and-coming stut. This dude has been like Nick Young. You, you know, when Nick Young shot that shot, did the Steph Curry walk away and it doinked off the front of the rim. Like that's, that's I feel like, how Jordan Poole's been all game long. Uh, unless they're going to enlist some sort of five-star baddie that's going to sit courtside to – light that fire for, for Jordan Poole. I don't know if you're going to see uh, the good side there. But uh, for me, it's got to kind of be Ja Morant, man. Dude, like what a what a dum-dum. Like what are you thinking? Like you got suspended literally two months ago for holding a gun in an Instagram live video, and then you thought, huh, this is an Instagram live video, and this is a gun. Well, I'm going to do – like what, bro? Like what are you? I don't. I you know obviously something's going on in that young man's head to like think that that's okay, but uh, I, I would. I think that's a way a bigger twenty twenty three moment than Jordan Poole. I'm going John Morant. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pick I'll, it up. I'll, Sorry. Uh, all right. We'll pick uh, it back. I <laughs> got you. Um. So for me, I really wanted to pick Jordan Poole everything, but I'm going to chalk this up to bad seeding. Um, the John Morant thing, it, it has to be that because I, I don't think I've ever seen a player of that magnitude absolutely fuck up his career that bad on something that was just so preventable. Jordan Poole, he really might be my favorite player on a team that's not mine just because I, I, I wake up a little bit excited every day. Like, what is this idiot going to do? Now, it's so much confidence where the talent just does not match. And for some reason, the Wizards kind of gave him the keys to the franchise. It's just so funny. 
Like every day, it's it, it's it's like it, it's like watching clowns play basketball. It really is him and Kuzma to a lesser extent, but he still fucks up just as bad. But it has to be Moran only because this dude, if he keeps it up, he might not be in the league after a while. And it's really sad because he reminds me of like young Derrick Rose. He's just crazy good. And he's really just shitting the bed, pulling out a gun every chance he gets. So it's got to be Morant for me. I wanted to say pool, but yeah, bad seating. It's it's Morant. Hold on yeah. a second. Ian, you got to <laughs> knock off the fucking excuses at this point, man. <laughs> Who is Jordan Poole going to beat on anybody in this? Maybe University of Nebraska? Jordan Poole ain't going to beat Corbin anybody Carroll. else. That ain't, that ain't <laughs> seating, man. <laughs> Come on now. He would absolutely beat the, the Nebraska. I would I would put him over F1. Basically the whole bottom right <laughs> quadrant. Never over except, really. except, except, for miscellaneous. except for Messi. Except for yeah. Messi. <laughs> Never uh, over 141 hard boiled man. No, dude, that's <laughs> Come wild. On yeah, I saw there's a couple other ones that were wild on there, but uh I think I think the John Morant ones, it's more alarming to me than anything. Because you because even outside of the gun incidents, if I'm not mistaken, I do remember something about punching a kid at a basketball thing where he punched a kid in the gut and something about flashing guns at a player personnel for another team. Uh, I don't know if that was him, but the, the, there's it's you have the, the kid has the NBA like world at his fingertips. He's unbelievably talented i i do agree with the derrick rose uh, comparison i think he's that same just like skinny it's wild because he's over there driving the lane and just dunking on people but he just can't get out of his own way but i also think a lot of it has to do with the people that he's around his dad for example i know his dad's a little interesting and kind of a character himself so um I think Jordan Poole, I think it's, I think that whole thing was great because I think it definitely started the, uh, the Draymond Green crumbling downfall that we're kind of seeing the end of right now. So that's cool because it kind of was like the beginning of the end for the Golden State dynasty and what was supposed to be. But, uh, I just, I don't know, man, the, the, the gun thing, I'm, I'm going to go with the gun thing because I just, it, it, only time will tell. It, it, did he learn? Like, are we, are we going on? The, are we learning or are we just going to keep doing dumb stuff? So. Well, uh, so I think uh, I would have to agree. I think to, the John Morant gun incidences are just something else, something we haven't really seen too much. I mean, there are some incidences in, involving guns and, you know, you think about Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas and uh, Javar Scranton. Um, but yeah, I think it's just funny to me with John Morant, how it's like literally within several months of each other, like you didn't learn. And then you mentioned his chat GPT generated apology um that's that's just too funny for me so top sports moment for me would be john morant gun incidences uh mike i was doing a poor job of keeping track here everyone decided uh and we're, we're leaning john morant here it sounds like it raymond you got anything else to add on what you've been seeing with jaw do you think he's gonna be okay when he comes back finally i mean i don't know man i mean i always try to like i always try to look at instances like this from like a humane standpoint like i really just hope that jaw has like somewhat of a good circle that's trying to like push him in the right direction because i do think he has a lot of talent it could be like a really good player but i don't know only time will tell the the jordan pool stuff's freaking hilarious but i mean that's more just shack than a fool kind of stuff john moran definitely gets my vote 
Yeah, I think the unfortunate situation about it is the John Morant stuff isn't a top moment. It's a polarizing moment, right, of the year. It's it's concerning kind of stuff. It does sound like he's checked all the boxes, and his suspension is coming up. I think he's scheduled to play his first game on the 19th, and he's done everything right from what the NBA front office and Adam Silver has said. Sounds like they're going to have kind of a checkup with him as well. And for the sake of the league, man, I hope he just continues to stay the course because he's just an exciting, polarizing figure in general. But I really did love the Jordan Poole walk away. I know we've seen it multiple times, but the way that he missed it, like Nick Young, at least it bounced around and kind of like rolled around. Like my guy doinked it off the back of the backboard. It, like it never had a chance, man. <laughs> So in a different day, I would pick Jordan Poole. But, yeah, it's got to be John Morant. Is ugly. So John Morant moving on. Uh, going to hop back over and finish. I, I think this is our last one of the first round, 1A. And it's going to be Domingo Herman's perfect game. That was on June 28th, 2023. Herman pitched MLB's 24th perfect game, the first since Felix Hernandez did it in 2012. It was the fourth perfect game by a Yankees pitcher, the most by a single team in MLB history. And on November 2nd, 2023, Herman was removed from the Yankees 40-man roster and placed on outright waivers. So perfect game doesn't get you too much. Uh, that's going to go up against the Diamondbacks World Series run. Oh, my goodness. You all know the story. But just real quick here, they made it into the postseason with a record of 84 and 78 on the season, made it as a wild card team. They went on to sweep the Brewers two to zero in the wild card round. They were uh, beat the heavily favored Dodgers three to zero in the divisional round. A crazy seven game series with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Diamondbacks won the National League championship. And of course, advanced to the World Series and unfortunately were defeated three to one. Or I'm sorry, four to one. Uh, in five games by the Texas Rangers. So honestly, I don't think any Diamondbacks fan is mad that they lost the World Series. Like they, we've talked about it plenty, but man, what an absolute crazy run. I have never watched so much baseball in all of my life. That was probably since 2001, if we're being real, real honest. Uh, Mike and I, I know we had a lot of fun with Tallman doing a recap of every single one of those. Also pretty stress and anxiety inducing all around. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys say? I guess we'll start from the top again here. And I'll just say, obviously, hometown story, totally unseen and unprecedented. Diamondbacks World Series run uh, should beat Dermango Harmon's perfect game. Mike? Anybody, anybody. Uh, yeah, it's Diamondbacks World Series run. I, I just think about the investment, like Chris was saying, that I had with this team you know, over the past, I mean, now it's seems so long ago, but it only was really about a month ago when you, when you think about it and the unprecedented run that they really had ahead of schedule right now. Um, I really can't wait to hear kind of what Ian and, and Raymond talk about when it comes to the Diamondbacks World Series run as well. But Ian, I know you're probably going to go Domingo because that's your guy, even though he's not on the team anymore. But yeah, it was just too fun, too exciting, and too big a moment for me to not pick that one and the World Series run by the Diamondbacks. So I can't go, Domingo. Am I, I'm not muted, am I? I didn't check that. No. Okay. Sick. I'm surprised. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't. In, like, I, I want to pick Domingo so bad, 
but there's just no way I can do it. Like in the beginning of the season, I said I would be happy with the Diamondbacks season if they made it above 500 and they made the fucking World Series. That's insane to say that they shocked the world is an understatement. The fact that they got there at all is insane. It'd be insane if they do it again next year or even get anywhere close. Like it, it, it smells like a fluke to me. It's crazy that it happened at all. I hope they get there again, but holy shit. Yeah, that has that has to be like I think that's gonna be a finalist on this bracket. And then on the other side of it, Domingo Herman's perfect game. That's like the one bright spot the Yankees had for their entire goddamn season. But when you look at the rest of Domingo Herman's career, dude beat his wife, dude cheated, dude drank his way out of the league. I have to pick the Diamondbacks. There's no way I'm not picking the Diamondbacks. It's just it is what it is, man. Nico, what do you got? Yeah, I think this one's probably going to be pretty clear cut. Anytime anybody throws a perfect game, that's awesome. It doesn't happen often. Um, It's a moment of like pretty cool, like baseball, you know, history. Dude, the Diamondbacks, like we, like, like Ian just said, we were all happy if they were over 500 to finish the season. Like that, the fact that we were talking, like wild card. And then the way we got there, you know, the way we we got to the World Series, beating the Dodgers, beating the the Phillies, like beating the Brewers, like it was it was it was so worth it. And it was it was the most baseball I had definitely watched since that 2001 World Series and it was kind of cool to be back into that like mode again, where it was like, Oh yeah. D-backs are coming off. Let's go. Um, I don't know, man. It's easy. It's Steinbeck's. I, I don't even think that's a Homer pick. I think that's just, it was a historic run. Yeah. Uh, I, it's hard to root for somebody in sports. It's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> it's really hard. Like I, as somebody that has pitched before and, over the 200 and some thousand base, like how many, I don't know how many baseball games have been played. So to be on a list to where you're one of 20, whatever, 20 something, that's absurd. It's great. But like, when you look at the grand scheme of it, like it's, it's not that insane. So like the dude's kind of a dick. I don't like the, I hate that guy. So for me, it's not hard. D-backs world series run for me us beating the dodgers was almost like a, f- a fucking world series win but uh it, w- it was awesome to kind of go to the east coast beat the phillies which is unheard of we basically knocked out the east coast juggernaut and then to do the same on the west coast and sweep, sweep the dodgers away it did just for me to be ahead of schedule like mike said to be doing what we were doing with kind of the beginning foundation of what would be and is going to be a great baseball team uh, it's just it's so promising. So uh, the D-backs World Series run just it, it shocked me. Uh, I was not expecting that at all. Like Ian even said, if we finish 500, I'll be happy. <laughs> shit, like that's yeah. good for me. But uh, yeah, to make it to the World Series, like holy shit, dude! Like it, it doesn't get better than that. So yeah, World Series run. And to that point, like the like beating the Phillies was incredible. Beating the Dodgers was so sweet. Sorry, Raymond. Uh, but when you think about the the payrolls we went up against, man, that that was that was a pretty incredible feat. And I think you know it's the spirit of the of the game of baseball. So, Mike, is that is that a unanimous uh, Diamondbacks World Series run wins this round? 
unless Raymond wants to go against it. It sounds like it is. I will not. No worries. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So that concludes the uh, first uh, round 1A. And now we'll get the first round buys in here, I guess, which will technically be the second round. Right, Mike? Did you uh, you got the next graphic for us? Yeah, Chris, I appreciate you filling the time instead of just asking me if I have it immediately. <laughs> appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, you know, I guess while uh, while I'm filling time, uh, I thank you all for uh, watching on the live stream or listening back on the replay on YouTube or Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. We always have these up, I think, the next day after we record them live. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, X, uh, TikTok, and is that threads at az underscore vsp and of course right here on youtube valley sports plug on facebook as well uh we're actually going to be doing our in-person podcast recording here in the next couple days so we'll have that out for you next week uh got a few more things to close out the year uh like i said this will be our last round table but plenty of momentum that's going to carry into 2024 got some a lot of exciting things coming out some changes are coming and uh, if you've been listening to our basketball podcast, Past the Outlet, we've been teasing a Suns ticket giveaway that we're going to be doing the beginning of the year. So you and a friend could win two tickets to go see the Suns up close and personal. These tickets, I think, are like row 10 or 11, real close in the lower bowl, real nice seats, kind of get that 2K view uh, so you can get both teams nice up and close. Uh, and Mike, what was what was the team we were going up at? What is that? As a warrior, not the Warriors. We played them. We're not letting them know yet, Chris. Oh, okay, we we're not letting keep them know. On the okay, hook, okay. man. All right, all right. Suns game to be announced. It's I think Pistons. we're ready, man. Should let's go good. on to this next round. All right, heck yeah, let's keep it rolling. See if we can uh, power through this here. Nice. So we're going back up to the top left. Uh, we'll talk about LeBron becoming the all-time leading scorer on February 7th, 2023, in a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he did receive the game ball from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, that's going to go up against the Lakers winning their first NBA Cup. That was on December 9th, 2023. Of course, we talked about that. The Lakers won the inaugural NBA in-season tournament, so we don't have to talk too much, I don't think, about the topics we've kind of already covered. But uh, as far as LeBron becoming the all-time leading scorer, man, this – this is, a, I think, one of the favorites for maybe top 2023 20, moments. I mean, say what you will about LeBron, your opinions on on him on or off the court. The dude's one of the greats, and to, to accomplish that and still probably have another couple seasons left in him is is kind of crazy. Like, it's right up there with Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and, and really the greats of you know Wayne Gretzky type of type of air. Um, are you guys kind of thinking I'm lean? I'm going to just say LeBron all-time leading scorer is going to beat Nuggets finals. Although that is awesome. Uh, we get a new champion every year. We don't get a new all-time leading scorer every year. Y'all know my vote. I definitely think that the LeBron all-time leading scorer is just, it's absolutely insane. I think anytime you see longevity in any kind of sport, it's impressive to begin with. But then when it's like longevity, to that degree to where you think of like who could potentially even come close to that. And people are like, Oh, well, you know, if Luka Doncic averages like 35 points for 17 years straight, he might catch him. Like, no, that like, this is insane. Like he's still performing at such a high level. Like I'm shocked. I'm, I'm curious to see what the number even ends at because I don't see LeBron slowing down knock on wood unless any like major injury occurs so my vote's lebron for sure yeah i'm i'm gonna have to agree with that after 
after losing Kobe and losing that sort of greatness, it really made me appreciate and understand like when you witness something great and like taking taking it in and actually being like shit like okay like that's because if you look at it lebron's already got a thousand points above cream so like Mm -hmm. that number who knows what that number is going to be and like to see him the in-season tournament to see him doing that at this age to still be putting in you know i think he's averaging i forget what it is it's the he's like 30 points right it's just we don't see that every it's not we might we I, I know we're not we're never gonna see it again we will not see another lebron james and i can feel pretty comfortable in saying that um so i'm I, I we the nuggets is cool but we're we're literally witnessing one of the all-time great basketball players and possibly athletes to ever play a sport on earth so uh, i'm going lebron james yeah i think this one's pretty clean cut this has got to be lebron right i mean in year 21, like when you compare like what LeBron is doing to what like Dirk was doing in year 21 and to what like Tim Duncan was doing in year 20, like the numbers are like ridiculous. LeBron's averaging like 20 something a, a, a night or whatever. These guys are averaging, we're averaging like eight points. So like for LeBron to be doing this, like at this like age at this level, uh, at this point in his career, I think it's very, very easy um, for us to, at least for me, to say LeBron, all-time leading scorer. Um, like you said, Chris, we get an NBA champ every year. We don't get an uh, all-time scorer every year. Um, so, yeah, LeBron for me. Yeah, for me, it's I think about, you know, the who's the GOAT debate. Um LeBron is always in that conversation, but him becoming the all-time leading scorer makes makes it a lot harder to refute. You know what I mean? Like, there's still people that are holdouts that'll say Jordan, but Jordan is not the all-time leading scorer. Um, granted, LeBron did get drafted in high school. I don't think that matters too much. I like he he still got there despite other people also getting drafted in high school that didn't make it. It's got to be LeBron being the all-time leading scorer for me. Nuggets making the finals and winning is cool, but they're going to do it again next year. Well, they're not going to win next year. That's not what I'm saying, but they're going to be competing year after year as long as they have Jokic. So it's got to be for 2023 moments, things that are only going to happen in 2023. It's got to be LeBron making the all-time leading scorer. This one's going to be hard to top, to be honest with you. It's down with Jokic, all hail King James. This one's absolutely easy for me, LeBron James. I'm going with the King. Whoops, unmuted. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, all-time leading scorer LeBron James is the undisputed winner of that one. So we'll hop down to football. I feel like it's been a minute since we talked football. And uh, we got... Um, FSU 13 and 0 not selected for the college football playoffs. They were beat out by Michigan, Alabama, Washington, and Texas. Alabama and Texas each had one loss and still made it in. So uh, a lot of people are uh, crying foul. I think it comes down to a strength of schedule thing. If we're being real honest about it, uh, and that's going to go up against Patrick Mahomes uh, being a little crybaby. Boohoo, Mahomes. 
Uh, this one is uh, this is a little interesting. Um, we have seen an undefeated team get snubbed before. Uh, I think it was uh, what is it UCF uh, a couple years ago uh, got snubbed and they declared themselves national championships. So I don't know. Maybe FSU has got to do the same thing uh, since they don't get a shot at it. Uh, there's talks about them maybe. Um, what is it boycotting their their bowl appearance and just not showing up at all so a lot of people are butthurt about that i think ah oh man i don't know i'm gonna i'm I'll, I'll make my decision when you guys are all done i'll see if someone can sway me because i'm really not sure here i'll start or i'll say somebody else wants to start love me we're good okay uh, I don't know, man. The college football committee has always been a joke, in my opinion. I'm just going to go on record saying that. So, as much as this, like, hurts, because I know uh, – what was the quarterback's name? Uh, was it Travis? Travis, someone correct me. What was the FSU quarterback name? I have Ooh, no damn I idea. Dude, I, I want to tell you, Hunter. I'm going to say Justin Travis is what I'm going to guess. I want, I want to say Travis uh, Hunter. Is that what it was? No, that's the wide receiver from Jordan Travis. Jordan, Jordan Travis. Travis. Jordan Travis. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Travis. Bro, this dude tweeted out, like, I, like he tweeted out, like, I wish I would have broken my leg sooner so the committee would have voted for us. Like, he was down in the dumps, man. But, ah. Uh, I'm still going to go with Mahomes. That shit's so funny to me. Like, again, just like the collapse of the Giants. The college football committee is a joke every year. They always make dumb decisions because, I don't know, Alabama only lost by one point instead of three. So they get, you know, an automatic bid or something like that. So I'll go Mahomes on this one. Uh, I watch a lot of college football. So for me, I'm really happy to get rid of this fucking committee. I'm so happy for the 12 team playoff next year. So what it really comes down to is we watched like the committee was like, Oh, let's make it about us. Like, let's, like, I guess you can argue Alabama beating Georgia and eight beating a one or whatever is a, a big thing. That's, that's huge. But I've never seen a SSC school or a power five school that goes 13 and zero not make it to the, the playoff. That's, it's really hard for me to like stomach that as a college football person and as somebody that like, I understand like the, the UCF one, but UCF played like the most bullshit schedule. Like for like, if you look at it, Florida state, I think played at the first game of the year was against LSU who actually has Jaden Daniels, who is the Heisman winning quarterback right now, X ASU shit show that left. So for me, it definitely, it comes down to the, the committee making it about themselves watching Jordan Travis get hurt and try and say that they're not going to be competitive without letting the games play out. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it, I, for me, it, it it's bigger than Mahomes. Um, I want to see Mahomes continue to cry. So I hope that it's like a 2024 top moment and a 2025 top moment. Cause I fucking hate him. But, uh, <laughs> which is, it's like hating Tom Brady. So you just hate greatness. But I think that we watched the last committee do this and they just fucked it up. It just justifies how important it is to get this 12-team playoff going. So I'm going to go with the uh, FSU not getting selected. I think that that's it's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning that way. Um, I feel like FSU. I mean, dude, this that's a that's a that they they went in, they did what they were supposed to do, they beat who they were supposed to beat, and you're going to tell a bunch of fucking 18 to 21 year olds that just bust their ass 
to make that university and that conference millions of dollars that they're not good enough because the quarterback that plays third or second string is not the dude who was starting. That's horseshit, man. Like that, that that's it's terrible to rip this away from FSU. Um, I, I'm not a huge Florida State fan. I love college football. Um, I'm so done with the BCS like selection fucking nonsense. Give me that 12 team play in this year. If you would have looked at what those teams would have been, oh my god, we would have had weeks and weeks of football. It would have been it would have been amazing to take that away from FSU. That's so wrong, man. That's so wrong. And you have some 20-year-old kids sitting here saying, I I wish I would have broke my leg sooner so you see what my teammates had. Like, that's that's crazy, man. I don't normally, like, side with FSU. But, man, I'm going to take FSU. I think it was absolutely robbery. And I think it was some SS, SEC-biased bullshit where you got guys saying that not over my dead body are we not going to have an SEC team in the college play-in. Yeah, you know I'm out of my element here. Um, so, I don't know. The Mahomes thing sounds funnier. I'm picking that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. See, it does. It does. See, I was, it, I was it, trying it, to be yeah. the one who was going to put it into a topsy-turvy situation. But, Ian, you kind of took what I was going to go with. I mean, for me, like – Ian said, you're you're out of your element maybe when it comes to football, but I'm out of my element when it comes to college football. I'm just I'm not the biggest college fan, especially with all these NIL deals coming through, the transfer portal nonsense. I remember asking Chris and Cody the other day, I was like, I thought the 12-team playoff already started. Why the hell has it not started yet? Like, I, I'm, I'm done with the nonsense in college as well. But I also understand... This is this is a big big disaster when it comes down to a top five conference team not making the top four who is undefeated. Yeah, I think it's unacceptable at the end of the day. So where are we at? We're already split. I'm trying to think what Chris might lean to. So maybe we can get a coin flip in here. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I'll go with Mahomes. How about that? I'll go with Mahomes. Three to two, Mahomes right now. Three to two Mahomes. So I either choose Mahomes and seal it in the upset over the uh, higher seeded FSU 13 and 0, or I take the favorite here with the bye. Boy, man, uh, Matt and Nico made the case for me. I think the FSU 13 and 0 not being selected for the main point and swaying factor was this is just emphasizing why they needed to expand the playoffs exactly to avoid situations like this where a very much deserving team gets snubbed. I mean, we even saw last, what is it, last year, where it was an absolute blowout because what TCU had absolutely no business going up against Georgia it was disgusting. So that's why you need to expand the playoffs. So, Mike, it's a tie, right? 3-3. Three, three. Do you got the virtual coin flip ready? Or I got a, I have an actual quarter here. How do we want to do this? You're muted. Do the actual quarter. Let's, All right. let's, let's trust your hands here. Trust All right, don't. Me. Don't judge my uh, coin flipping abilities here. So we'll go heads is heads is FSU um, and uh, tails is uh, Mahomes. So here we go. Oh, that was pretty good. It is tails. You can't see it, but it's tails. I promise you it's tails. So I think that means Patrick, Patrick Mahomes wins. No, I mean, it's, 
it, it's a it's a good victory. It's it's one of those. But to put it on the record, the kid who came in for Travis, I know I typed this, had 510 yards, a 163.1 quarterback rating with five touchdowns and no interceptions in his time replacing Travis. So just throwing it out yeah. there. It, not bad. I mean, it's not like the it's not unheard of to have a second and third string quarterback that can carry the weight of the of the team and still lead it. So uh, I think that's absolutely criminal. But Mahomes is going to win it, so that means we're moving right along. Um, we're going to go hop over to the baseball side once again, and the first round buy was Otani's seven hundred million dollar contract. It was on December 11th, 2023. He signed this disgusting 10 million, or I'm sorry, 10 year, $700 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's the largest contract in professional sports history. And it's structured in a way that 68 million per season will be deferred until the conclusion of the deal to be paid out from 2034 to 2043. He is the new Bobby Bonilla uh, at work earlier today. Matt was telling me that his uh, deferred payments here actually pick up like right at the end of Bobby Bonilla's. Uh, so it's just uh, the deferred payment Kings, man. And that's going up against Japan winning the world baseball classic. So either way, Shohei Otani is winning this round um, and winning at life. Really uh, man. Uh, I guess we got to pass it to the resident Dodger fan first, Raymond. I know which way you're going on this one. <laughs> oh man. No, it's funny. Honestly. I mean, the way the bracket worked out, um, I'm not going to lie, man. Seeing Otani strike out Mike Trout in the World Baseball Classic is going to go down as an historic baseball moment. Like, I really hope the World Baseball Classic keeps picking up traction, keeps building the game, especially internationally. But, man, $700 million. Like, I, I think as soon as I heard the number, I think the first thing that I thought to my head was, that's an overpay. That's really an overpay because nobody – ever even mentioned seven at all the numbers were first 500 eh, maybe 550 and then someone was like oh maybe 600 so then to hear 700 million oh my gosh dude i was like did they just give up the rights to chavez ravine like i was shocked but i feel like as more and more started coming out about the contract and obviously you know reddit and twitter losing their collective minds about the evil empire dodgers you know the the Yankees of the West, I think um, I think my vote's obviously going to be the Otani contract because I'm really curious to see how much of an impact this is going to be for baseball moving forward. Um, realistically speaking, nobody has the international pull and out-of-baseball out endorsements to be able to pull a contract like this, but I'm just excited to see Otani be a Dodger for the next decade. So that's my vote. Yeah, I, you got it. All right, uh, I'll take I'll take Otani's seven hundred mil. That's there's I think I read that there's a there was a stat that before that contract that there was two other contracts that are in the deferral process. The Cincinnati Reds still owe Ken Griffey Jr. money, and the New York Mets still owe Bobby Bonilla money. Other than that, there's nothing in the deferred area. Um, to defer like all of your contract, that's that's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, the Dodgers signed assigned him on a credit and paid two million down. Um, it's I don't know. I hopefully we don't see 
a lot of contracts come to this because that's going to really push out small market teams. I don't think you're going to see a lot of Dimebacks or A's being like, we can promise you 500 million, but take 500,000 for right now. Um, and then we'll get you back in like 30 years. Um, Japan winning the World Baseball Classic is is an awesome moment. Um, Otani's free agency has set the world by the balls for over a year. Um, we've been wondering what's going to happen. Where is he going to go? I think that's easy. I think you got to go Otani. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off that. I think the, the Otani thing literally just shows how absurd baseball is without a salary cap. I think it's crazy. I think it's like Nico said, it's going to, it's going to turn into one team just having a ton of money and just throwing the bank at the, and, and manipulating the numbers into a way that they can, you know, I, I wholeheartedly think Yamamoto is going to the Dodgers. I think that that contract was set up in a way that the Dodgers knew that that money that they're not going to have to pay him for the 10 years is going to go to his contract for the 10 years. And what blows my mind is, and to, like who's gonna own the team like who's gonna pay that like who carries that deferred payment that's what i don't understand like is it gonna be like the owners die and the kids like take the team and they're like shit we gotta pay otani fucking 68 million right. for 10 years so that whole thing it just it held like nico said it held us hostage it was kind of like is he gonna do what mike trout did is he gonna waste a career with the angels or is he gonna go and win you know championships and have what's gonna i think if he continues to go down this road it's going to be one of the greatest careers that we watch if he goes and pitches again who knows but japan winning the world baseball classic i think kind of goes hand it's funny that they're in here together because they go hand in hand i think japan winning that kind of showed everybody like oh shit uh you know japan's got some damn good talent and it was for me, I think that just started this whole like snowball effect where we're here now seeing Otani sign a seven hundred million and everybody else is playing suitor to try to get the next great Japanese twenty five year old to come over. So I- I'm gonna go with Otani's seven hundred millions. It's wild. It's it's insane and it's it freaks me out because I don't know what's gonna come of it. Yeah. Um I'm sure I'm shocking everybody by saying this, but it's Otani's seven hundred million dollar contract that that is an absurd number uh when i look at that i my first thought is even though he is the best player in the world how can you possibly live up to that contract like one one mistake and i i would immediately be like dog you're not with that money because that's 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 a crazy crazy amount of money and then you go to the deferral where they're where they're pushing 68 million a year out to pretty much after he retires you know what i mean um that that does open the door for Yamamoto. And now you have the fact that they're in LA, which is more or less the closest city that has an NBA team to Japan. They have 300 million for Yamamoto. Um unless Otani and Yamamoto hated each other when they were playing in Japan, which anybody who watches the world watch the world baseball classic knows that's really not the case. They're probably getting Yamamoto too. And on top of that, they just traded for glass now today. So they, they've made huge, huge moves. And those moves are because of the deferrals in that contract on top of the contract itself. It has to be Otani. You can argue 
that that contract is a product of what happened in the World Baseball Classic. There's obviously more to it than that, considering that Otani has been a success. Why can't I say the word success? Otani has been a success minus the surgeries that he's had to have and the injuries that he's had to have when he's healthy. He is the best player in the world. So he got that contract and they're finagling it in a way that they can get top players on top of him, which is just pushing them to super team status. And I never thought I'd say that in baseball, even though I'm a Yankees fan and I saw all this shit we did with A-Rod back in the 2000s. It's got to be Otani. The 700 million Otani one, since they're both Otani. <laughs> Chris, I don't have anything to say because it literally makes me vomit. You know it's Shohei, so just it's off to you, man. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I can't really add anything that hasn't already been said, other than what I said to start is just absolutely disgusting. Ten years, seven hundred million, man. I, that's scary. But yeah, that's obviously the biggest you know moment in this category, or at least within this matchup for 2023. Is that that contract is just insane. I mean, just being the largest contract in professional, not baseball history, professional sports history. I think that speaks for itself. So. Unanimously, uh, Otani's $700 million contract is going to win that one. Uh, we'll now head down to the bottom here, the Pac-12 uh, disbanding. I'm sorry, in the uh, miscellaneous category. We got a couple more here. Uh, the Pac-12 disbanding. Uh, bear with me here. I'll try and get through it quick because there's a lot of moving parts that go in with this. Is on June 30th, 2022, um, the UCLA and USC announced plans to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten Conference starting in 2024. On July 27th, 2023, Colorado announced it would be leaving the conference to rejoin the Big 12 starting in 2024. On August 4th, 2023, Oregon and Washington announced plans to also join the Big Ten in 2024. And on the same day, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah announced plans to follow Colorado to the Big 12, which would have left the Pac-12 with just four member schools. They now only have two uh, if I am, was reading that correctly. And they're going to have a couple years to try and figure out if they can become uh, eligible under the NCAA bylaws to stay alive. Um, so Pac-12 disbanding, yes. Um, most, uh, you know, 10 of the teams have left or are leaving. And they're going to have to try and get maybe some Mountain West schools in there or something. But that's going up against our winner of the last round, F1, returning to Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Grand Prix and a 10-year contract they have there. So as far as 2023 top sports moments, Raymond, we'll kick it to you first, man. Are you going with uh, Pac-12 disbanding or is F1 uh, moving on? I feel like I got to go Pac-12 with this one, man. Pac-12 after dark provided some of the most amazing, fun football memories, college football memories for me growing up. Chaotic, everybody hemorrhaging wins and losses off of each other. Nobody wanted to come out of that, that entire division unscathed i think this season alone the the final season of the pac-12 they were like the final division or conference to be undefeated or something like that like they won like every pac-12 team won the first week like crazy stuff man but i think it's to be seen what comes of this um i think with the 12 team playoff next year um you know we'll see more or more previous pac-12 teams be able to make it to that but yeah i don't know i think pac-12 has a special place in my heart so i'm gonna have to take that one over the f1 is that matt or is anybody going go ian go for it okay uh i'm out of my element once again when when looking at the pac-12 i do know that the pac-12 is a big deal though but i'm still gonna pick f1 in vegas 
I, I, I do like that. You know, it's, it's, it's an upward trend. It's going to grow the sport. Um, that final answer F1. Yeah. I gotta say uh, for me, it's gotta be pac 12. It's just, I mean, we almost had a situation where there was no Arizona and Arizona state in the same, in the same conference. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's crazy to think about the oldest rivalry in football. Um, wouldn't have been a rivalry anymore if we had gone to two different conferences. Um, it sucks. Personally, I loved Pac-12 football. Um, when I lived in the Midwest, it was the only football on at like 10 o'clock at night because everything's done by, you know, 6.30. So um, it, w- it was nice to have Pac-12, that Pac-12 um, after dark stuff. I don't know. To me, that's – I've never seen a, a a conference, a power conference in, in football just dissolve. Um, I've seen teams join conferences. I've never seen a conference dissolve. So I got to go back 12 finally. Yeah, this one this one definitely hits home a little bit. I, I, I put this down to, uh, to poor seating. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> poor seating again. I'm joking. Oh, man. Um, no, 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 no. Um, for me, having grown up playing football and watching it, for me, I, growing up, it was the Pac-10. That's what initially when I watched it, it was the Pac-10 and that logo. Like I remember just going to like ASU Stadium and seeing that logo on the field and just being like, damn, like uh, I, I, to me, the Pac-10 was like fucking NFL. Like I don't care. About, I didn't even know what the SEC was at the time. So it sucks to watch something go like that, to watch the Pac-12, like the after dark stuff go. But fuck the Pac-12, man. I hate that damn Pac-12 network. And the, it just it, – it's so hard to watch some of those games sometimes. So for me, I I miss it. It's going to suck. But Formula One, man, I think it's it's something that I want to see it grow. I, I love Formula One. I know I, I do iRacing. I'm a fucking nerd with that stuff. So I love Formula One. So for me – I'm going to be a little bit of a not homer. It would be weird to watch ASU and U of A not be in the same conference. So I'm really happy that that's going to get taken care of or whatever the hell. But yeah, I'm going to go Formula One. I think I think that this could be the start of something beautiful and maybe the, a, a great relationship that we have with Formula One and maybe doing other cities and all that stuff. So Formula One's going to going to be the vote for me. Ooh, okay. So it's tied up right now. I, I think I just have to go with the Pac-12. I think it's fitting that in the final year that the conference has football, what was there, 10 teams that were ranked in the top 25 at one point? Like, they finally show out and because they're basically saying goodbye. I mean, good riddance to the Pac-12, but it's it's going to be interesting. And I'm excited to see the different matchups that are caused by this and Arizona and Arizona State joining the Big Ten. So, yeah, for me, I'm going Pac-12. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm going Pac-12, too. There's just so many things that are going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. You know, Mike, you mentioned the new teams and the new matchups we'll be seeing, maybe some new rivalries being formed. But the logistics of the travel, too, is also going to be interesting. A lot of these schools are really spread out now. It's like not all West Coast travel. You're looking at 
some increased travel. And this isn't just remember, this isn't just college football is all college sports for the Pac-12. So even the track and field team, the volleyball team, the baseball team, they're all going to be in these new conferences. And that's just huge. Um, Matt, I, I, I totally agree about like the the nostalgia of it growing up with the Pac-10 and the logo. I mean, the, the, Pac, the Pac-10 and the Pac-12, there is a rich history there. I mean, it just made me think of a time when I was in Vegas probably five, six years ago. I was sitting at a blackjack table late one night wearing that ASU hoodie I just took off because it was too hot. Um, but a guy across the table was like, oh, you go to ASU? And I didn't feel like explaining it. So I was like, yeah, I go to ASU. And he started asking me a bunch of questions. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Washington fan, but back the pack, right? Back the pack. And I was like, yeah, man, back the pack. So there's a lot of a lot of pride there. And I think it's just an absolute travesty that they, they weren't able to figure it out. And just utter incompetence from the leadership of the Pac-12. And they should really be ashamed of that because they had a good thing going for a long time. So I'm going Pac-12. I'm sorry, Matt. I think F1 in Vegas is pretty, pretty incredible. going to be uh, cool to see for years to come and see how they tweak it. But Pac-12 disbanding has got to win this one for me. So, Mike. I think that leads us into the next uh, uh, first round by category in football section. We got uh, Coach Prime and Colorado. Uh, after his success at Jackson State, Deion Sanders was named the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. And uh, he brought nine players with him from Jackson State, including his sons, Shadur and Shiloh Sanders. Colorado won their first three games of the season and finished with a final overall record of four and eight, which was last place in the Pac-12 standings. Man, those first three games were pretty crazy. A lot of fanfare and celebrity turnout in Colorado. You had Lil Wayne going to the games. You had, I think, some of the Migos and a whole bunch of people just flooding there. Nonstop wire-to-wire coverage on ESPN. Uh, for me, I think I got a little annoyed by it all, and I was glad to see they kind of fizzled out there at the end. Uh, but this is going to go up against our uh, first-round winner, uh, the NFL Report Cards, which beat out the hire of Jonathan Gannon. So, uh, Mike, let's start top-down. What do you say, uh, since you didn't have much to say on that last one, you have anything to say on Coach Prime? Uh, man, it was – I would say that it was kind of an exciting start to the college football season. And for me, it pulled me in a little bit more, and that's – those are the kind of narratives that I need to get invested within college sports. So it is, I did like the way that they flamed out as well, Chris, like Shador pulling the money sign out at ASU and what they ended up not maybe winning one more game after that, if anything, but as much as the NFL report cards was damning coach prime is just too much of a polarizing figure and had just a chokehold on the spotlight to start the college football season. So I'm going with coach prime in this one. I'm going to go with Yankee legend, Deion Sanders. Coach prime has to be it. I could never pick against prime time, man. Uh, that was Mike said it right. It's that's, that's a great way to get people into college football that aren't into college football. Um, he's, He's primetime, man. That's what it is. He, he draws eyes. That's what he's always done his entire career, whether it be baseball, football. It doesn't matter. Um, Got to be prime. Uh, NFL report cards are cool, but uh, prime is prime. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say prime. Uh, it, it's hard to go against that. I, I remember looking at tickets when they came to ASU. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, <laughs> they were, they, they, I mean, it was there. Like the, uh, the, the 
the pull like the polarizing thing was there so everybody was definitely and if you look at it i think colorado the year before that had only won one game so i understand like the four games it's yeah. not the greatest but if you think about it he had one season with the transfer portal this new transfer portal is basically like free agency so i'm really excited to see what he does i know he lost a couple of commitments but they weren't actually like decommits they were more word of mouth and kind of putting feelers out there so maybe he can do some more magic with recruiting um so i'm gonna go with coach prime the report cards we already knew bidwell was a fucking piece of shit so i'm, I'm not i'm not shocked at that. So, <laughs> yeah yeah we we knew that we knew he was cheap coach prime all the way it's prime time baby he's still he still got it the dude still got it the nfl report cards i think were pretty cool all in all to kind of get a little bit of a glimpse Obviously, for some franchises, you were kind of looking at it. You're like, oh, yeah, no shit. Like, this team sucks. This team owner sucks, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, I mean, to Mike's point, Coach Prime, man, like, at the end of the day, sports and entertainment. I don't care if it's amateur. I don't care if it's high school, college, professional, international. Like, sports or entertainment at the end of the day. And whatever can drum up attention, get people excited, get people invested. Like, sign me up. Sign me up. So. Even if they win no games next year, if Coach Prime's out there throwing on the shades after a presser, talking to shit, getting his team ramped up, like I'll tune in. So I like Coach Prime, man. I gotta, I gotta go with him for sure. Yeah, honestly, hard, hard to go against Coach Prime. Time will tell how the NFL report cards shape these organizations and how much they keep doing that going forward. But that was it. Kind of came and went when that news came out. Whereas the Coach Prime, the sensationalism, kind of carried on for a few weeks and even. Even after they kind of lost their luster a bit, even through their losses, they were still getting attention. People still had their eyes on them. And love him or hate him, Coach Prime is entertaining. And uh, that definitely made for some uh, some fun conversations. So I gotta, I'm going to go Coach Prime, too. I think, was that a unanimous, another unanimous selection there? Yes, sir. Very nice, very nice. All right, we'll see if that's the case on this next one. Heading back down to the miscellaneous bracket. I think this rounds out our first round buys. We're going to have Lionel Messi joining the MLS. It was on July 15th. Inter-Miami announced the signing of Messi to a two-and-a-half-year contract. Uh, as a unique contract structure. His base salary is set at $12 million with guaranteed compensation totaling $20.4 million for the 2023 season. Messi is also set to earn additional shares from jersey sales, MLB season pass subscriptions, and a stake in the club itself. Holy moly, that is crazy. You talk about... Talk about Otani's crazy contract. I wonder what the numbers are going to look like exactly for Messi when it's all said. We might never know because that that is just going to keep keep running in. But that's going up against CM Punk's return to the WWE. The first time he has been in the WWE since 2014. Um, that had beat out uh, Joey Chestnut in the hot dog eating contest in the first round. So. Nico, I know you you kind of you kind of know a little bit about MLS, right? Uh, coming from uh, the north northwest, there. Uh, what are you thinking? Is it Messi to the MLS or CM Punk here? I feel like you might be conflicted on this one. Uh, yeah, man, I'm really torn on this one. Uh, look, Messi is the the greatest soccer player to maybe ever play since Pele. Like, and I think people can argue that he might be better than Pele. Um, and for him to come to the MLS, I remember playing FIFA back in the day. You could do a little cheat code, and they'd give you five hundred million into your into your bank account, and like the GM mode. I'd go as the Portland Timbers, and I'd go sign Messi <laughs> off of Barcelona, and then I'd have Messi playing in the MLS. I'd put like eighty seven. That happened in real life. 
That like happened. That like legitimately happened where David Beckham was like, look at my fancy pink jerseys. Come play for us. And then Messi was like, yeah, cool. I, I could use a vacation. And you, you see the videos of him going to Disneyland and Universal and like just the fact that Messi is roaming around in our wild and you didn't have to go to Barcelona. That's a crazy thought, man. Um, what's it going to do for the game of soccer in the U.S.? I don't know. Because we've had stars here before. We've had Beckhams here before. We've had, you know, we've had guys in the MLS that are big international names. We've never really had a Messi. Um, I think what that does is it put, puts a lot of international eyes on to American soccer. And a lot of people are going to see that American soccer is far, it's farther down the totem pole than maybe some of the other soccer leagues around. Um I think it's really fun to watch Messi in the MLS. It's like watching a dog play with a new toy. He's just like, oh, over here, over here. It's he just he plays with them. Um, I think it's got to be messy. I love CM Punk. I love my WWE, but never in a million bajillion years did I ever think that uh, Lionel Messi would be playing in the MLS. Raymond, did you ever see Messi come into the MLS? No, not at all. I mean. 100%. I mean, yeah, you know, we've had our Landon Donovans, David Beckhams, Latans, guys like that. But for the longest time, the MLS has just kind of felt like a retirement home for a lot of these big-name stars. So seeing somebody of Messi's caliber, sure, you know, he's not a young spring chicken by any means, but he's still got some life in him. You know, he's not coming in at 46 years old wanting to just, you know, bicycle kick, you know, a bunch of 18-year-old kids coming out of soccer academy. So. I never would have imagined it. I'm super stoked for it. I know a lot of people were kind of confused as to why Inter Miami, because they were like at the bottom of the table the entire season. But I mean, you got to think about it, man. This guy is God in Miami. Like he doesn't have to pay for a single fucking meal for the rest of his life. As long as he's in Miami, like <laughs> he's a literal God there. So now I'm excited. I think it's going to do a lot of good for uh, soccer in the U S put a lot of, a lot of eyes on it. And, Ultimately, it's going to come down to people just wanting to respect it a lot more and wanting to come to the league to actually compete, not just vacation. So, yeah, I'm, my vote's for Messi. Let me see CM Punk, but Messi to the MLS, man, that – I don't even know what a comparison would be to that. You know, it's like – think of, like, a LeBron, like, what league would he join, right? Like, it's not even comparable. So, yeah, Messi for sure. Yeah, I I would agree. I think like Nico said, like it's it's video game esque. Like this is stuff that you do when you don't have like like you go and you go out on like a ridiculous crappy team and you're like, Yeah, this is my hometown team and I'm gonna go get you know, Messi and Ronaldo get all these names and stuff like that. So to see it actually happen and then for it to happen at a time where the Saudis are out here just throwing money at people just chucking money i was like all right cool like it's gonna be another insane like two years 750 million dollars it's like oh god like this he's gonna go disappear over there for a couple years and go do that so to see him actually go to miami and to you know to not do it just for the money and to do it to maybe grow the game and to you know be a part of the ownership group and to 
promote it in a way that maybe it's going to get off of Apple TV and maybe a, a big market will pick it up and it'll be a nationally televised again. So it it, it shocked me. The, the CM Punk thing's cool because I know what it means to like those people. Like I don't watch a lot of wrestling, but I do stay connected to like sports stuff. So for me, I know what it meant. I saw it on my Instagram, people being like, holy crap, he's back, blah, blah. So 100% would agree with that. But the messy thing, man, it's just like, holy shit <laughs> we got him we got a big guy that came over here he's not 45 he can play and he's toying with these kids so it, it's cool to see i'm gonna go with Messi. yeah i think i think nico when when he spoke reinforced a lot of the assumptions that i had about soccer i don't know a lot about soccer but i do know that the mls when when it comes to soccer fans worldwide they look at it and they're kind of like eh, rather watch premier league rather watch Real Madrid, you know, anything else like it's not it's not the top league. Messi is a top player. I do know that he's one of the greatest players of all time. So him being here, it's going to be huge. You know, it's going to have people watching American soccer, watching MLS. And I think that that's going to be big for for that league. And maybe that does, you know, boost their viewership and boost their legitimacy as a league. Um, and in terms of this matchup, I'm looking at CM Punk and I'm thinking, is CM Punk the Lionel Messi of WWE? To me, that sounds like a really absurd, crazy <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> so I have to go with Messi. Chris, I'll keep it short and sweet. RIP CM Punk. It's Lionel Messi. Yeah, man. Ha has to be Lionel Messi. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy something you don't see every day because like these guys point out like he could have gone and gotten his bag somewhere else whether with the saudis or staying with barcelona or going really literally anywhere else but messi's made enough money he's been to the mountaintop so i think he wanted to be somewhere comfortable and safe with his family i mean as safe as miami can be i mean when you're in the rich neighborhoods it's it's probably super safe but yeah man i think yeah messi to the uh, mls is absolutely nuts hopefully that that can maybe convince some other top players to come over this way but I, I just the hard part about that is finding enough money to pay these these top name guys and maybe you just have to start you know play the long game and build it build the culture of soccer here in the united states more so that you have young american kids that come up and be good quality soccer players i think that's the way to do it and messi will inspire a generation i know even before he came over here i knew plenty of young kids playing soccer that all had the the barcelona messi jersey it was either felt like it was either him or uh, cristiano ronaldo growing up i was always a real madrid fan if i had to pick a soccer team so i kind of lean more towards uh ronaldo there but messi's the goat so gotta be messy and that finishes up our first round buys um i think guys for the sake of time here gonna just quick hit uh, kind of the rest of these through the rest of this round and then into the elite eight we can go a little bit deeper on the final four and the championship and uh and then get out of here and determine the winner so looking at this bracket here uh going back up to the top left we have katie to the suns going against john morant uh gun incidences um uh, i think you know raymond kind of said it perfect i do you know as funny as i i think it is that john morant did that twice you do kind of worry about the young man you know, kind of throwing his life away like that, hanging around the wrong people. You hope that he has some good mentors in his corner that can help him get back on track because he is a super talented player, guy that's kind of polarizing, but he is fun to watch. I can't deny him that. Uh, but I'll just start it off here. My vote will be Katie to the Suns because I just think that's going to be so much bigger for the long term, either success or failure of the Suns. So I'm going to shock you here, Chris, and I have to go with John Morant. And I think 
just because of the entire situation that it seems to be a trickle down effect with the way that suspensions are going to be implemented within the NBA as well. I mean, we talk about what just happened with Draymond Green. He had a track record and Adam Silver literally said, okay, indefinitely, we know what you're about. And we saw there were multiple cases and John Morant got more than a quarter of a season suspension. It was just more of really, really a tough situation to me. And it was more of a polarizing moment for 2023. I know that Katie to the Suns was something crazy, but it just seems like that was so long ago. And we're still trying to figure out what the full effects are going to be when it comes down to what happened with Ja Morant. So I'm going with Ja, man. The way I see it, Ja Morant's gun incidents, they shake up the Memphis Grizzlies. KD to the Suns shakes up the league. So I'm going with KD to the Suns. Man, Mike had me leaning really hard, and then Ian said that. Uh, <laughs> that was I, profound, I, Ian. I don't know where you fucking pulled that out. Just, that I'm just trying to keep his story. <laughs> that shook me. I think I got to go. Uh, man, I think I got to go KD to the Suns. I'm going to homer it up. I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to say John Morant just because it forced Adam Silver to finally have to be a commissioner for once and not try to be everybody's best friend. So we had David Stern. David Stern was the president. He was the the goat for me. So I know he was an asshole to people. So I'm going to go John Morant just for the whole cusp of everything was crazy. He's an idiot. I think he needs to learn from it. If he doesn't, (laughs) we'll see. I'm going to go KD to the Suns. I think that it's been a while since we had a big splash like this. I remember there's there's very few times where free agency or trades can be like remembered in regards to where were you when this happened, right? Like I, I look back at the whole Kawhi situation where they were tracking his airplane and shit like that. Like Kevin Durant's the Suns, I agree. I think it really shaked up the NBA. I think it's going to have a little bit of a ripple effect, you know, where free agents want to go where trade markets are. So yeah, KD. Oof, thank you, Raymond. I lost my coin somewhere on the other side of my desk and I didn't want to have to go grab it. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Matt. It's going to be KD to the Suns advancing and they'll be going against LeBron all-time scoring leader. Uh, the next one, I think the last one in this, uh, this round here is going to be Corbin Carroll against the Diamondbacks World Series run. Uh, so a little bit of friendly fire with this one. Man, that's tough. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, def- I'm gonna pass for now. I'll go last, Mike. I'll, I'll, I'll make you be the first vote here. Uh, yeah. What a coward, Chris! I can't believe you just oh, can't come no. up. I got you. No, I got it. I mean, this one is the Diamondbacks World Series run. Uh, That's my vote because it's the team as a whole. I love what Corbin Carroll did winning the rookie of the year, but it was the first time that this team had been to the playoffs in what, six years? And the first time we've been to the World Series in 22. So the whole as the Arizona Diamondbacks, I'm taking that one. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Corbin Carroll did not do it alone, so I got to go with the World Series run. Yeah, I got to go World Series run as well. I mean, it's the reason we're able to spend money in free agency this year is because we went to the World Series. Um, I think that's pretty 
pretty easy. Takes a team, not a single individual. Yeah, I'm gonna say World Series run. I I I know for a fact Corbin would agree. My boy would agree that uh, it, it it's a lot more than just him. Like the individual statistics are cool. They're great. Those accolades are awesome. It's awesome to have those trophies and stuff. But you know what else is pretty fucking awesome? To win a fucking World Series. So I think he definitely would take that opportunity to see what this team did, to see those guys probably in that locker room be that excited and kind of fight for each other. Yeah, I'm going to go World Series run. Yeah, I'll have to do the same thing. I think what Corbin Carroll did was very special. I don't think there's any way to diminish what he did. Um, a lot of guys knew that Corbin was going to be special. Um, but man, you guys talked about it earlier, right? A 500 win season would have been icing on the cake, right? And to get to the World Series, yeah, nothing's going to take away from that. So I'll go with that. Okay. All right, Mike, I hear you. I hear you guys. Seems like you're all going for the World Series. I'm going to go Corbin Carroll because you're right. The, he They didn't, you know, not one player gets it there. The team gets there as a whole, but they don't get to the World Series without Corbin Carroll. Simple as that. You look at those accolades we lifted, listed off for everything he did as a rookie. Absolutely incredible. He is going to be a corner. Like both of those moments are crucial to the Diamondbacks long-term success. You mentioned the extra money that gets, you know, sp- opened up to be able to spend by winning that. Or by getting there. But that's I think that's the thing for me. If they won the World Series, without a doubt, 100%. That might even be the top moment on this bracket for us. But they they, they fell short. And, and maybe, again, maybe if it was like a close seven-game series or something, six-game series, conversation. But, man, I'm going to go. I'm going to be uh, – and not just for the sake of disagreeing with you guys. Genuinely, I'm going to go Corbin Carroll. But that does mean that I'm outnumbered and the Diamondbacks World Series run will advance. And that's going to go up against uh, Shohei Otani's contract in the next round. So – we are right. uh, I'm already prepped, Chris. Let's okay, roll perfect. It, man. Let's I was getting it. I was getting my fill skills ready to go, man. You to might have to fill for the next couple Tell ones, yourself. but we're ready to go now. All right, perfect, perfect. So same same style here. We'll do these quick hitters. We're in the elite eight here, and we'll just go uh, left left down and then right down. And so LeBron scoring leader up against KD to the Suns. Uh, I'll start it off, man. This one's easy for me. Easily LeBron scoring leader. That is all that is all time scoring leader. That is not something that happens all the time. Yeah. All time. Something that's going to probably take the same amount of time as we saw. If it ever happens for LeBron upsetting Kareem, it's LeBron. It's 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 LeBron, man. It is, in fact, LeBron. And that's all I got to say. LeBron James. Easy. <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is. Y'all know, y'all know my vote. <laughs> yeah. 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 Katie, Raymond, we, we, to the Suns. He goes, I don't got to say one. anything. It's KD. Yeah. No, yeah. LeBron. LeBron, dude. We'll, we'll, we're never going to see it. I don't I don't care what anybody says. We'll never see that stuff again. So. No. 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 Easily not. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it pushing right along here. And the. Bottom left, like we said, we have crying Kermit Mahomes. Mike, I love the name variations we have rolling through this bracket here. Going up, up against Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Colorado Buffaloes, and their uh, you know storied season. Ah, he. So it was so for context. Anyone who maybe just be hopping in, we had a tie, a three-three split on the last round for Mahomes versus FSU thirteen and zero. We flipped a coin, and so. Patrick Mahomes won, not necessarily for that reason, but just for how 
you know, as a 2023 moment, uh, you know, coach prime was so polarizing, man, and everything we laid out there, it's got, it's gotta be coach prime in Colorado moving on. Yeah, I agree. Power of the pinstripes, baby. I'm going coach prime. <laughs> it's prime time all the time. Coach prime. That's what it is. Yep. Look good. Feel good. Play good. Give me prime. Yeah. Coach Prime, I think he's he's gonna change that university and that team, and I'm gonna gonna be excited to watch him. I'll also be excited for him to do his silly speeches and post game stuff. So <laughs> he's funny, man. I love that guy. He's truly an entertainer, and he's a great football player, baseball player, and it seems like he's a pretty great coach too. Uh, those guys love playing for him. So gotta go, Coach Prime. Easy, easy consensus there. Hopping back over to the right side, uh, we have Shohei Otani and his $700 million albatross going up against the Arizona Diamondbacks World Series run. Oof, this one is, we got the uh, the hometown heartstrings up against the historic, absolutely ridiculous contract. I can't think of enough av- adjectives to describe how gross that contract is. It's Otani, right, Mike? I'm going Otani. You're going Otani. Yeah, this one might be the toughest matchup, to be honest, on this whole bracket, either than when it comes down to the final two. But, man, I just, once again, I just vomit when I think about Shohei Otani with the LA Dodgers. So I'm going with the Diamondbacks World Series run. How does that sound? I have to go Diamondbacks World Series run. Absolutely. Just in terms of predictability, you know what I mean? Like, like, would you have thought like the amount of money is crazy with Otani for sure, but would you have thought o- Otani would go to the Dodgers? Yeah, it's feasible. It's something that could happen. The Diamondbacks making the World Series this year, nobody would have predicted that. I would have told you you're smoking fucking crack. <laughs> yeah, okay, back yeah. in back in Pretty March. Much. You know what I mean? Like it, it has to be that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Diamondbacks World Series run proves that you don't have to pay players that kind of money. Um, therefore, for me, it's the World Series run. Uh, Otani going to the to the Dodgers, it wasn't like a given by any means, but we knew he was going to a team that could afford to pay him. That's like four baseball teams. So, yeah, give me the D-backs. Yeah, this one, it's tough. But it's not tough. It's tough because it's like you think of the absurdity of the contract and the seven hundred million and the whole deferment and all that, and you're just like, holy shit! History has such a wild way of repeating itself. We didn't see it with Bobby. Now we're gonna see it with Shohei. So I think that it's it it, it was kind of predictable. It was like, all right, it's either gonna be the Dodgers or the Yankees, or it's gonna be one of these big dogs that's just gonna throw the house at them, manipulate the numbers to make it work, and that's all it's gonna be. Um, so. For me, the the World Series, like Ian said, like if you had told me that, I would have, I'd have been like, dude, what are you, are you on drugs? Like no <laughs> shot, no shot. But uh, yeah, I'm. It sounds like a homer pick, but I, honestly, like I knew Otani was going to go somewhere. We all knew he was going to get paid an absurd amount of money because he's two players in one. So for me, just the sheer, just shock of the World Series and us getting past the Phillies and Dodgers and. I mean, we got our asses kicked but in the World Series, but yeah, I'm going to go World Series run. 
I think you guys know my vote. <laughs> I, I don't. I, no, don't get me wrong. Listen, I, I'm gonna. I'll stick to my guns. I'm gonna go with the Otani contract. But yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about the D-backs run. I mean, the fact that they were even, you know, at a certain point, you were like, oh man, they might actually make the playoffs, and then they went on that on that losing skid, and you were like, man, are they gonna like you know just fizzle out like they do, you know, the last few years, and then to make the wild card, and then go into Milwaukee and take those games, and then stomp on the Dodgers, you know, beat the Phillies. And then, you know, everybody knows what happened in the World Series. But for them to even be in the World Series alone, oh, man, that's so special. But I got to stick to my guns. Otani's my guy. Number one fan. Raymond, I was just hoping and praying that those rumors about him going to Toronto were going to happen. And then, of course, <laughs> he finds the his Drake curse the is real. Drake posted that picture of him in the Otani jersey, and then Otani was that like, was it. fuck that. that. That might have been the deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, I'll stick to my guns, too. This was the toughest one, to be honest with you, because this L.A. Yeah. deal for Otani is just – it's ridiculous, man. If if it's Otani in Toronto, does it change the way you look at this pick? No. If it's similar money, I think it's still going to be crazy. Yeah, Okay. I think that's what where I'm leaning towards when it Gosh. comes down to that. Fuck LA. <laughs> but I mean, anything else doesn't <laughs> doesn't yeah, basically doesn't hurt <laughs> that it's LA. All right, beautiful. So we're Diamondbacks World Series run advancing to the final four in our top 2023 sports moments bracket. Uh, to get the last entrant into the final four, it'll be the Pac-12 disbanding, uh, going up against Lionel Messi to the MLS. Uh, I will start. Let's go start with Raymond and work our way back up this time. Raymond, what do you think? Oh, man. Pac-12 after dark, like I said, has a very special place in my heart. But, I mean, after the last few years, I mean, it was almost like a ticking time bomb when the Pac-12 was going to disband because of how freaking stupid the, I don't know, governing board or whatever is. So, But messy, messy to the MLS, man. Would have never imagined it in a million years. So I got to go messy. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with that. I think it was like watching a really, 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 really slow train wreck with the Pac-12. And it was like, yeah, it, yeah, it's like when somebody falls really slow and you're like, dude, you could have just caught yourself. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's literally <laughs> no, what literally. it was like. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, just catch yourself. Like, what the fuck is, like, is going on? So it's like that we kind of saw it coming and it's like, shit, like it's here. Like, it's it's the day like that's it it's moving day it's like it sucks like that's awful but dude messy coming it's literally unreal like that it's the goat it's one of the goats if not arguably the goat so for me like it's and like my, my kid has a fucking messy jersey like it's he literally is, touches generations so like it just yeah i'm gonna go messy it's hard to fight that yeah i mean Pac-12 disbanding is crazy. Um, Messi the MLS is crazy. Um, I don't know. So I, this might this is going to go against the grain, but I've always kind of figured that ML, that Messi would end in, end up in the MLS. The crazy thing is when he decided to come. Um, usually players wait till they're older. I never expect. I mean. And maybe it's because I wasn't paying attention or whatnot, but I never really thought that the Pac-12 would disband. 
you would think that they would figure it out somehow, some way to fix it. Um, for me, it's Pac-12. You know, I don't watch a lot of college football. I also don't watch a lot of soccer. But I like Lionel Messi. He seems like a good dude. And I I, I almost want to watch soccer because of Lionel Messi. So I'm going to go with Lionel Messi here. <laughs> All right, so what are we at? Three to one. I'm going to go with Nico on this one. I think more so because this just hits home for me a little bit more like you were saying earlier too i mean we almost lost a hundred year rivalry between arizona and arizona state this one just hits more home to me than lionel messi does in soccer in general i don't follow it as much i understand the significance that you guys are talking about with that but we're also talking about a very storied history when it comes down to the pac-10 slash pac-12 whatever you want to call it and yeah, Matt, I, you're right. We we did see the writing on the wall, but it's still disheartening for it to finally hit that day. And no, we're not going to be able to match up with some of these teams that we've been playing for decades now, you know? So I'm going with Pac-12. You know, Mike, you almost swayed me to your side, almost had me there, but then you reminded me about Matt mentioning the slow burn and the decline of the Pac-12 over time. It wasn't just like one day a light switched and the Pac-12 fell apart. It was a long time coming. Uh, and the impact, like just the massive, crazy, unpredictable, you know, messy coming to the MLS. I have to go with that. I think that's without a doubt a top sports moment of 2023. Pac-12 for sure, a top local sports moment or occurrence. Um, but I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be messy moving on to the final four. So that gives us LeBron scoring leader going up against Coach Prime. I believe if I checks notes, yep, Coach Prime, and then Diamondbacks World Series run against Messi to the MLS. Guys, we got four sports moments left on this bracket. We are getting down to the end of it. We're almost there. Uh, you know, let us know, guys, in the comments, whether you're watching live now or watching back on the replay. Let us know if we got any of these wrong. If you agree, if there's a sports moment we might have left out that you would have thought could have made it far in this bracket. I think, you know, we did a pretty good job. This pretty thorough bracket Mr. Benjamin put together for us. So I'm having fun. Hope you guys are too. If you are, go ahead and like this video on YouTube. Like and subscribe. You know the deal. And uh, we're going to keep keep this pushing right along. Um, hey, one thing I say, yeah, I'm the one who put the graphic together, but these were all just – moments that were brought together from all y'all so i do appreciate you guys throwing uh throwing those into the hat i, I do want to say ian man you you got us chuckling a whole bunch of times with some <laughs> with some of your picks man i'm glad some of them made it on here but chris i think we're ready for the final four all right beautiful let's roll right into it and we'll just start out here on the left side we got lebron becoming the all-time nba scoring leader going up against Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, guys, this one's a no-brainer. It's LeBron. Easy. That's my pick. LeBron James. LeBron James. Love Coach Prime, but setting the all-time record, that's a top moment. It's LeBron James. Yeah, I don't see Coach Prime scoring that many points in the NBA anytime soon. I got to go with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I know I said like what the two rounds ago that I wouldn't pick against Coach Prime. 
but it's because he wasn't facing LeBron. Uh, I'm going LeBron. Yeah, this is uh, this is a no-brainer. It's it's LeBron all day. It's LeBron's not going to go be a coach after. It's going to be owner LeBron. So yeah, we're seeing an all-time great player, and he's going to go do some crazy stuff. LeBron. I think the writing's on the wall. I think LeBron's winning this bracket. Uh, I think that's Don't possible, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Raymond might be taking a little break here, but I think we all know what his vote would be on this one. It's it's going to be, and regardless, it, it's LeBron, LeBron scoring leader for sure. We'll advance to the finals. And will he face the Diamondbacks World Series run or Messi to the MLS? Mike, I'll let you go first on this one. I mean, kind of going off of my vote from last time. Uh, I, this one hits absolutely at home for me with the Diamondbacks World Series run. I'm going with the Diamondbacks. Sorry, Lionel Messi. My apologies. Yeah, I think this is just as much of a no-brainer as the LeBron versus Coach Prime. It's just it's 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 not a good matchup. It's it's got to be the Diamondbacks World Series run. But I I, I don't know how long Messi or how much time Messi has seen in the MLS. He hasn't gotten he hasn't been an underdog in in their version of the World Series though. So it, it's got to be the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'm I love Messi, but got to go D-backs that unprecedented, unthought of, not even the biggest homer could have planned for it. So D-backs. Yeah, I'm going to say D-backs. The Messi thing, it's it's kind of like Everybody in the world in Europe looked at it and they're like, wait, like, what the, what? <laughs> like, who did you go? Like, okay, dude, see ya. Like, that's what you want to do. Like, go chase the money and be an owner because your wife wants to be in Miami with your kids, whatever. Cool. But the D-backs thing, man, like, not even as a homer. Like, it, like the entire league was surprised. Like, everybody was surprised. It's just like, holy shit. Like, they beat who? Like, the Dodgers and the Phillies? And then they got their asses kicked by the Rangers? Cool. But yeah, no, D-backs all the way, man. I think it just it it it's so unpredictable that it it should be in the finals. Yeah, I, I think you know uh, it's obviously already been decided. The Messi is a huge thing, but as far as you know, nationally and what the sports Americans care about, uh, whew, that that Diamondbacks World Series run, man, that is just truly incredible. I mean, you even had what Chris Chris Mad Dog Rufo saying that or Russo if uh if the Phillies lost that he'd retire and I think he's still working last I saw. So not quite a man of his word, uh, but you know, every Avenue, the Diamondbacks were counted out and whether it was sweeping the Dodgers or beating the Phillies, like, I don't know, man, like what was, what was a greater moment in that run? Was it the, the sweeping the Dodgers or beat, winning game seven against the Phillies? I love a game seven, man. I don't know. It's kind of hard to, Especially with that crowd singing that dumbass song, I oh my god! Anytime that you can give two middle fingers to a Philly crowd in their stadium, I look. I fucking hate the Dodgers. I do not like the Dodgers at all. I've never liked the Dodgers, but I've seen us beat the Dodgers. I haven't seen us go into like an East Coast powerhouse, like baseball stadium since what two thousand and one. And really put our junk out there and be like, yep, we're, we're here to play. And then we're going to win game seven on the road. The things that were coming out of those Phillies fans' mouths, oh, I, yeah, no. Give yeah, me, I, I want to speak on seven. that a little bit. Yeah. When I, growing up, my dad worked for Major League Baseball. We grew up in New York. We could go 
to any stadium pretty much whenever we wanted to. Uh, 2008, I believe it was, we went to a playoff game in Philadelphia. That crowd was fucking volatile. Like, holy shit. They, they, that is the worst fan base I have ever experienced in any sport in my entire life. Um, there is the story of Eagles fans. When when the Eagles win or make it to the Super Bowl, they have to grease up the light pulse to stop people from climbing up it. They do that in baseball, too. They really are the worst human being. I'm trying. I'm I'm getting a little <laughs> getting passionate. Oh, getting a little... <laughs> hey, Long man, story bro. short, fuck the Phillies. <laughs> I like at, like while watching the Diamondbacks because obviously the Yankees were already out, so I was just all in on the Diamondbacks. I was so much more satisfied to see them beat the Phillies and beat Bryce Harper because I hate him too. I would hate him if he wasn't wearing a diamond or a, a Phillies uniform. So good, so good. I I have to go with that. All right, Mike, is it time to, to ask the question? I think it's that time. All right, well, now that we got to marinate in the Diamondbacks World Series run, was that a bigger sports moment in 2023 than LeBron James becoming the NBA all-time scoring leader? I guess I will just start us off. And as much as I love my Diamondbacks in that World Series run, and it will forever live in my heart for every reason that we have brought up about LeBron James becoming the scoring leader. I have to go with that being the biggest moment of 2023. Just history, absolutely historic. People don't often remember the losers of the World Series, but people are going to remember LeBron James for a long-ass time. Somebody else go. I can't go yet. Somebody's got to take the baton here. I'll go. Um, The Diamondbacks World Series run was unprecedented as hell. Like, no no one saw that coming. I don't know if it'll happen again. It really was absurd. But we saw LeBron James break a record that was considered unbreakable previously. So I have to just by that alone pick LeBron. You know, the scary thing is, is that LeBron breaking that record makes me feel like it can be broken again. And that's how good LeBron is. Um Fuck, man. I don't want to do this. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, this, I look, ugh, this is gross. It leaves a nasty taste in my mouth, but like, dude, no one's gonna, I don't, I, I'm not going to see anybody break that scoring record in my lifetime. Maybe my kids will, maybe my kids, kids will, but like, I'm not going to see that. That was fucking history. We're going LeBron scoring leader for the win. Yeah, this one, as, as cool as it was to watch the D-backs like do what they did, like I'm, I'm a firm believer in like history is written by the victors. Um, so for me, like we're we're never gonna see anything like LeBron James again. Like I know I said that before. Like he he has epitomized and normalized greatness to the point that we've become almost sick of it. To where we see it, we're like, <laughs> oh, cool. LeBron, wait, LeBron only got 22 points and eight rebounds and seven. Like, what a shitty night, dude. Like, that's for anybody else, that's a, an absurd stat line. That's a great night. We'd be like, all right, cool. That's a, but he has been so consistent for 20 years and he's done it with multiple teams. He's literally gone and changed multiple franchises and he's done it with different. It just, it's hard 
to replicate that. And I don't think we're ever, I think that record is going to go down with humanity. I think that we're not going to see it broken. And I think it's going to literally outlast time itself. So for me, it's, it's LeBron James because the world series run, I hope we see it again. We might see it again, but, uh, we're not we're not seeing anything close to that sort of greatness of that consistent level for 20 plus years like LeBron James. So for me, the winner for the 2023 moment of the year, LeBron James breaking that record. It's pretty definitive, Mike. Did you going to be the? <laughs> I was going to say every every bone in my body wants to pick the Diamondbacks World Series run, but we have to understand everything that you guys have put forth for LeBron James's case this year. So Chris, I think it's official. The 2023 top sports moment is LeBron James breaking the all-time leading score number. Just ridiculous, man. Hey, I am happy. At least the Diamondbacks made it to the finals. So I can go to sleep tonight. That's twice this year we can say that. And just be yeah. yeah. Hey, came up didn't just you short. go to didn't you, didn't you go to sleep just fine after they lost in Game Five? I so, did actually. I probably slept better. So you know, you know why LeBron really won on this bracket, right? Why is that? Chalk it up to bad seating. Bad seating. <laughs> oh man. Well, Look, I'm just point, happy CM Punk made it. That's there nice. you go. There you go. He made it. He made the bracket. There's plenty of honorable mentions. Guys, let us know in the comments what we might have missed, what we got right, what we got wrong. Would love to know what your opinion is on it. And let us know if you want to see us do more more things like this, you know, doing brackets where we kind of break it down, have some fun with it. I had a lot of fun doing this. I don't know about these guys, but definitely, you know, glad to have you guys here. Ian, Matt, Nico, thank you so much. Of course, Michael Benjamin, my wingman. I'm Chris Patrick. Thank you for watching the very last VSP roundtable of 2023. We'll be back and better than ever in 2024 and can't wait to see you then. But for all the fellas here and VSP Tallman who's out there somewhere, we'll see you next time. Peace.